All right, well, welcome to uh, episode four of the Think Twice Cut Once podcast. Quattro, bro. Quattro. Yeah. Bro. So we're here. We, uh, I think we've got our act together this time. Um, the GoPro should stay on yeah. the whole time. As long as that little red light stays on, we should be good. We're hardwired battery. And we, the computer is hardwired, and we made sure that we have enough hard drive space on this computer. 46 gigs. Yeah, if we space. use that up, then you guys shouldn't be listening to this at all. It's too, it's too <laughs> much time. That's too much uh, Too much podcast time. So, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. We, ha- we didn't have much to necessarily officially talk about, but we've had a lot going on, um, you know, in the, uh, in the, the lives of, of Tim Reeve and Matt Fabby. Uh, that it would be kind of fun to catch everybody up on, and uh, and we just want to keep this stuff going. We don't want you to think that uh, we forgot about all twenty of you, and so um, yeah, yeah. This podcast is, uh, by the way, brought to you by no one yet, and that's uh, that's the way we like it. We were talking earlier. This is sort of one of the more punk rock things we've done. I definitely have a uh, a problem with maybe over preparing, maybe trying to wait too long and make sure things are too prepped before you even get a ball rolling. Getting your ducks in a row though. Yeah. That's a good thing. And then you sort of have a thing of just like shoot first, ask questions later. And I think between the two of us, this might end up being something that, uh, you know, eventually will look a bit more produced and and thought out. But in the meantime, yeah, we're just having a blast um, talking to you guys about, you know, think twice, cut once. Uh, but it is probably worth always mentioning that this is not uh, any way, shape, or form sanctioned by the company that we work for, although we do talk a lot about that stuff because it is our world, um, which uh, gets us off the hook. If we say too many F-bombs, we're not going to get in trouble by uh, anybody. Anybody. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. so, you know, we're, we're going to try and keep this thing positive and Totes. informative. And, well, I don't know how informative it'll be, but... Anyway, something like that. Yeah, we had a blast. The last episode, if you caught it, was uh, you know a whole bunch of us with with Rick Hinder and uh, Mike from Hinder uh, Knives, and then yep. an old old Mark Carey, the legend from Spartan Blades. We had a blast, man. Um, that's where the the top three quarters of this bottle went. Was mm-hmm. The last episode. Yeah, yeah. I apologize for my third speech and maybe lack of judgment. Uh, I didn't say anything too horrible, but. You know, things happen when you drink that much booze. But the really fun part about that was us testing out the mobile rig. Right. You know, our goal, we're going to be at the New York Custom Show. We leave next Thursday for that. And uh, we want to make this kind of a fun thing that we do when we're on the road as well. A lot of the experiences that we have when we're out and about are are awesome and quite honestly are kind of fun to share. And, and we hear a lot of really cool stories and a lot of really cool insight from people that are smarter than us. Uh, thanks most people. for all of you listening to this. That uh, it's kind of fun. That was one of the things that we just, when we talked about starting this podcast is, man, we just, you know, we hear all these cool stories and we're like a fly on the wall for all these really cool things. And no one really ever hears that but us. And we hear it yeah. every time we go out and about. And it brings a lot of context to like the people that we hang out with or the things that we do or, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. when you get to know Mark and Curtis from Spartan Blades. Oh, yeah. yeah. You get to, you understand their whole shtick. Yep. And it's not like they have a shtick, but like, you know, what they do. Yeah. Because of where they come from, totally the special forces and all that kind of stuff. Like the more we've gotten to know Rick with Rick Hinder, mm-hmm. the more I get, I just get him. I get his product line. I get his company. I don't know. It's just been cool. Like those little in between things really set. That's where the fingerprint of you on your company comes from. Totally, it's totally you. Well, the funniest thing too is you know a lot of these guys might seem unapproachable or 
or hardcore or whatever, but just crusty knife makers. They're at the at the core of who they are. When you get to know them, they're just a bunch of softies. Yeah, I mean softies that could kick my ass, but softies too. nonetheless. Yeah. You know? It's not saying much. It's a low threshold of asking. But by and large, like ass. knife makers, knife people that go into this industry uh-huh. are are genuine good people. Yeah. Um, What's well, like that story at Blade Show when this, the the bartender guys made a comment about like we? I right. always kind of thought those guys would be driven nuts. We go to you know um, the what's the wa- the Waverly Renaissance Waverly, and it's like that the pit is like this massive like open area in the middle of the hotel that for the weekend of Blade Show is just overrun by knife makers. Yeah. Like they're really they're literally like some people, and this is fans, knife makers, enthusiasts, the whole nine yards. So everybody kind of meets in the middle. Yeah. But people will be like bringing their own cases of beer in. There's always yeah. like boatloads of their of their own moonshine and people have got whiskey in their back like what the renaissance and the the bars like there's two bars in, in the pit they kill it they apparently yeah. say that's their christmas like that's well, their i would have thought that they would have been so annoyed like it'd yeah. be like one of those things like gosh here comes the knife guys uh but this is gonna be charles stupid. is that the guy's name charles yeah. shout out to charles charles the man oh. he saw ann reeve coming down an escalator uh 100 yards away right. and before she got to the bar he had her wine poured and poured uh, and a bottle on ice for her yeah it was pretty cool and when we talked to those guys about it it was it was far from what we thought what i thought and they were just like the coolest thing about this group of people is there's never a tab that's walked out that's awesome everybody pays their staff they're all respectful they're all god i put mine on the room and yeah no kidding yeah (laughs) and uh and uh and you know it's it's a massive group of people but it's for them it is like christmas i mean everyone tips well takes care of them and those guys put up with some just straight up debauchery i mean i would i would feel like if i worked there i'd be annoyed but um you know those guys are such nice people and that's just a you know a a microcosm of what this industry is it's a bunch of really genuine good real people for the most part um doing something they love to do i think and, a lot of like, yeah. even if it, it's a knife maker that you know like made it or you know the big time or whatever yeah. like they no matter what almost every knife maker has at least come from a blue collar job totally. or a blue collar life or, or something like that like they've worked their ass off to get there so and with very few exceptions they're all like super approachable like right. nice people and there's not a lot of secrets and they, they want to show you what they're doing like right. we were talking earlier like brian ty like right i don't know that guy right he doesn't really know who i am or me at all but every time I've gone to his booth, he's like Happy to there, see talking to me, showing yeah. me what he's doing. Genuinely cool. And he's by all means, he's, Canadian. he's a, a successful guy. Well, Canadians are super polite, <laughs> generally speaking, too. No, Brian particularly is, is quite nice. And that his wife sweetheart. as well. She's yeah. a sweetheart. But anyways, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of interesting. You know, we, we get to see the inside uh, scoop quite often with people. Um, and that's, you know, sort of what we want to bring to you guys as we get to travel around. We've got the, uh, you know, thankfully, like the, the equipment and the mobile rig and the know how to kind of get this stuff set up easily. And, and we're learning our lessons. Uh, I think last time your computer ran out of hard drive space and the camera died. And we were sort of joking about it for a podcast called Think Twice, Cut Once. Literally, the first three episodes, something has not really been thought twice on, be it the GoPro battery. Or the computer hard drive space, or a combination of both, as uh, happened last episode. But which I'll take a lot of that um, the credit for not thinking twice on on those because a lot of those technical faux pas were directly my fault. You got to just delete all those pictures of uh, those really high fidelity pictures of kittens you have on your computer. <laughs> Seven <laughs> gigs of that kittens. stuff. Get those out of there. And uh, I think we're good now. Forty yeah, gigs that's, that's what I did. Is I bought the a one T hard drive from hard Amazon, drive. Yeah. and I put all the kitty pictures yeah. in there. Yeah, and you know, I gotta say, I'm sitting here talking about it. I didn't 
Tim does it all. I just kind of, I brought it all. You know, it's funny, I'm, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I see the case for that microphone that you're talking about. <laughs> that, uh, you didn't even when put I, my microphone in a sock. No, nothing. Uh, nor mine. Yours. And both of these were sort of equally yoked in the cost of these microphones. <laughs> and now they have some road wear. We show up on a That is pretty cool. And Tim opens the box and he's like, dude, you didn't even like just put it in a case or anything? I'm like, no, okay, let's just back up a little bit. It was in a bit. cardboard box. Okay, so the best padding was there. I should not have forgotten it in the first place. It wouldn't have been my gig to pack it up last minute before I had to leave for a Fair flight. Enough. But Where I drove down, I easily could have taken it. Oh, dude, so. you could have had it in 10 socks. It would have been fine. You had plenty of room for it. I was like in the just 11th in the hour trying to figure out how to uh, how to make it happen. Yeah. And uh, the, long, long story short, we digress. We got to figure it out. It's pretty sorry fun. about the scratches that I see. And now I know oh. where the case for that microphone yeah, is forevermore. And uh, it probably will happen again, but it might not. So we'll see. We're good. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get, we'll get to uh, New York just fine. Yeah. But we are bringing this week to New York um, in a mm -hmm. condensed uh, version, and it will not be as scratched up. And we don't really know who we're talking to there yet, uh, but we're going to talk to somebody, and it's going to be mediocre it's, or good. Mediocre to good is the, what we're shooting for. The, I think that out of our three episodes, and two of which have been you and I, and then the third was some really cool people, Yeah, I think number three was the coolest because it wasn't just you and I. Yeah, I mean, people are listening to this right now, but they can only listen to so much of just me and you talking. Um, although I like listening to your voice. Likewise. And through headphones. Yeah. yeah. Um, all this to say. But we're going to do this weekly, coming too. Yeah. We're gonna, and our goal is weekly. Why yeah. we're here and talking by ourselves is... is we're trying to keep this thing weekly to keep the momentum. And uh, guys, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about or explain or whatever, like shoot us an email, think twice, cut once, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a hundred different ways to, to kind of get a hold of Shout it. Shout out to uh, our, our boy in England. Yeah, uh, Richard. Richard, our first email ever. Dude. And we haven't replied to it yet, but Tim and I discussed before the podcast that I'll handle the email side of things. I'm pretty good at getting back to them. Generally, it's really good at emails. anybody listening that I've not emailed back. Um, that's like pounding their fist, like, "No, you're not." Like, okay, sorry, I missed that one. But I'm, I'm generally ninety nine percent good. As at opposed back to emails. me, where I'm like one percent good. Oh, things go to your inbox to die forever. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, Richard uh, emailed us. That was pretty cool. What's his, uh, what's his, uh, it's Tactical Reviews? Is that tactical what it is? .uk or .co.uk or however that yeah. works. Go check it out. He's done some great reviews on <clears throat> on our knives, on a bunch of other knives. Yeah. Tools, multi-tools, sharpening systems, things like that. And he's got a really like scientific way of going about it. A yeah, very it's objective very objective way. Very methodical. Yeah. He's not like uh, just like, look how it batons this or that. Like, right. And it's not like a know. bunch of opinion either. And he uses yeah. the knife. He really checks it out. He takes the knife apart. Yeah. He, you know, he does all those kind of things. I'm, I'm so sick of people asking for a free knife. You send it to them. They open up the knife, give their opinion, and then like want to keep it. Or oh, give that's it always back. the funniest request. It's like, like what? hey, we want an after review. And it kind of like got on that trail for a minute. Right. And I'm like, okay, we'll get you all set up. Just let me know when I can expect it back. And I'm like, oh, well, if you have to have it back, then no, never mind. I don't want to do it. It's like, like what? Well, you think I'm just going to give someone I don't know at all? And I, you know, we're in a fortunate position yeah. that people kind of know what we do already. So I don't need, you know, some dude in his mom's basement cutting open a box of his, you know, to like get us more knife sales or anything. But yeah, yeah. you know, it's a, it's just kind of a funny thing. Like, what? but on that note, yeah, Richard is very yeah. thorough, systematic, like very thought out kind of reviews. And it's not just, um, yeah, shooting from the hip. And anytime he's had like, um, you know, doesn't quite understand something or has a, a question, he freaking comes and asks me like directly. And we, we've had many long conversations about 
various all sorts of various aspects of the knife or or whatever uh, the product and i like that a lot rather than just being like well i don't know why they, they did this and you know and, and just spout off like i'm here you can talk to me it's really not hard like yeah. pretty much you can call the company and say can i talk to tim reeve and hardly anyone's gonna say no unless yeah. you're trying to sell something yeah i mean generally it just depends yeah. i mean but really like yeah. if it's if it's a genuine like hey i just want to talk to tim reeve about a, a knife thing like we're, we're fine we're, we're open fine. he doesn't have a that. phone he doesn't have a desk with a phone but we'll find him and bring him to a phone check me down yeah you know, yeah, I like to to be approachable. So yeah, big shout out to to Richard, and he gave us a couple little uh, critiques and sh- and you know praises on some stuff. Apparently, our uh, intro song and outro song thumps. Yeah, you know, one of the critiques I heard was that we've got to cut some of that low end out of that. Although as a bass player, I don't agree. Someone said that. Yeah. Wow. He who shall remain nameless. Don't worry. He about who it. I want to punch in the face. Yeah, no, you don't want to. I promise you, you don't. But um, <laughs> too much low end. I don't know what that means as a bass player. Yeah, uh, that little ditty was just a little something I made at my home studio, and I just kicked over to Tim and had him just do his thing with it. We do that with things every once in a while. Yeah, we both have kind of similar rigs and setups, and, and I was pretty proud that I was able to make other sounds that don't sound like a bass guitar on that thing because mm-hmm. I bought this really wanky like multi-effects pedal that I spent hours dialing in for a different gig that I was playing. <laughs> it's so badass. And, is that, is uh, the boss, what is it, the boss? It's a GT10B. Uh, it's 10 years old and it still yeah. holds its weight tonally. And all those God, little sounds, the little things swelling in, that's technically a bass guitar. And look, we're the guys from like the analog stomp box, like yeah. super old school. Look, I've got f- like germanium fuzz pedals that have to be at a certain temperature with a certain battery in it. Yeah, and yeah. like I, I get it and want that sound because of that. And so we'd always like talk shit on these big multi effects things, but I was like, yeah, call me one of forty, I'll buy one of those. And right. uh, then I had this gig that Intern required 30. a certain kind of thing, and I, I bought it, and I was like, I hate how good this sounds. Yeah. Damn it, boss! You thought twice, cut once on this one. Right. And they have had to remake it for ten years because nothing's really touched it yet. There's what di outs on it and stuff. Oh, it's and got everything stereo. I we, mean, I've, I've scratched the tip of the iceberg, but now I know a lot more about it. For that tree fort or the um, Egyptian gig with LED, like oh, force right. me, like learn that thing oh, real, right. real yeah. quick. That was a good gig, by the way. Thanks, man. It was a fun time. If anybody can check out the band LED, LED Boise, yeah, we got stuff out That's there. Awesome. It's like a band and a dance collaborative and video and all of the above, and yeah. it's pretty cool. But um, I mean, long story short, Matt plays bass in the band. I play bass in that band. That intro stuff is my bass playing, and then Tim put a little drum beat on there real quick, and. Uh, Fun. And we just threw it out there. We didn't want to use something else. Um, so everything you hear in that track, outside of a kick drum and a snare drum, is Matt on a bass guitar. Three That's boss, the coolest part. GT ten B. Yeah. Like annoyed. So it's think awesome. twice, cutting once. Like you just suddenly there's like a an email or or whatever with like five tracks on it. Yeah. That I could just drop into Logic in five different tracks. They all boom 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 line up, and yeah. I could press play, and it just like this. There's this what minute and a half ish. It's a super long play, like, yeah. and we only are going to use. So we reduced it down to the last twenty five seconds because it's like that last riff. Because we'll probably make it a touch shorter, is what we were. We really... I like it where it's at now. Yeah, yeah. On the very first one, I had it like full and long. I think one and two, I had it full and long, oh, okay. like the longest. You, oh, so you've already reduced it. Yeah, I reduced yeah. it to twenty five seconds. Perfect. And it sounds good. It's just like at the very end when. So basically, you did the same thing. It, like every kind of mm-hmm. couple of mm-hmm. 15, 20 seconds, it builds like another part. Yeah. And then that last 25 seconds is is the riff with all the parts. Yep. And so I just took that. Perfect. It sounds so good. Favorite part is like that, like that, yeah. that's a, a pitch bend. So it's like yeah. the, you know, it's like an octave up on the pedal, but I would play the note and just 
pull the pedal back for a second. Yeah. A little wobble. Like it was kind of yeah. a cool, like, uh, I don't know. I what just, I realized is that's the hook, actually. Deep. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It built up to that. but uh, It's funny, like, yeah. you care about this stuff when you listen to a lot of podcasts, uh-huh. and then you have to go make one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like we were talking about, like, I, the idea came up, like, out of nowhere, the little riff I was playing, I was like, this could work. And I did, like, a voice memo recording to Tim. Right. And you were, like, starting to build I things took it and that, started, and I was like, like, no, no, no. I was just giving you the idea, like. But I threw the tempo like yeah. scanner on it, and it was like fluctuating tempo and stuff. Not that that's bad. Oh, place, it wasn't. It was not just a like, click. It was not just a like, click or anything. Here's a quick yeah. idea. Here you go. Yeah. And uh, it's anyways. Yeah, yeah it was, it was that was a fun one. What was the point of bringing that all all that up? Oh, uh, that Richard said that. It, yeah, that, too much trace. No, Richard said that it thumps. He had his. Let me let me quickly say what he. Yeah. Wrote. By the way, I love Richard. By the way, he's a cool guy. Say so says hooked it up to my best sound system, parentheses with one thousand watt subwoofer, and yes, there's a link to my online name there. So he goes by like his his uh, kind of name or or shtick is is subwoofer, hmm. and I love it. So his patches are it says subwoofer on it. And I just love it. So he's a big big like subwoofer type guy. Cool. So he probably Mom, doesn't man. know what too much bass is. He was saying that like the the snare was sounding or it was sounding crackly on the last one, but. I think it was just the snare. We'll figure it out. We'll keep dialing it, refining it as we Let go. Us know. Yeah, that was a fun little project, though. Um, so that's our intro. That's our intro outro, outro song. There's the the story behind it. Yeah, people have asked. Yeah, so it was a fun one. Yeah, I, I play a little. I dabble a little music every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. It's kind of like a second job. I mean, this is my first job here, yeah. of course, that uh, keeps me fed and everything. But I play like play quite a bit of music. Yeah. I just got back from a tour. I was out in the East Coast yep. for the last uh, twelve days. Um, we didn't know what to do without you. Yeah, Here. I know. I got back and had to. No, I'm kidding. Uh, everything went really smooth, but we can catch up on that in a, in a minute. I want to talk mm-hmm. to you guys about that. It was a just an experience of a lifetime. It was pretty cool. But uh, we should talk about New York Custom first because we were going out to that. Uh, we thought it'd be kind of fun to give a, a bit of a recap of last year's show. Um, it was our first time Actually, attending man. for what, like 15 years? 15 years. It was the first show that my folks came out to from South Africa in 86. Yeah, and so like in the... 86, 87. It's a brief like synopsis. I mean, that show is kind of significant to the company because that is where Ann and Chris came to yeah. the States and really started peddling the one-piece knives. Yeah, they showed up with one-piece knives. Yeah. And everybody, based on their reception of like the, the fit and finish and quality of those, as all of you are aware, like that yeah. kind of gave the company a bit of a spark. And as the story is told to me, the reception and the market was here in the States. Mm. After doing that a few years in a row, from 85 to 87 or 88, whatever it was, like it sort of was the catalyst to having them move to the States. Right. The market was here. They were working through a distributor that wasn't necessarily being up front with them on a lot of fronts. Mm. And it just didn't make sense. And it was almost impossible to try to ship things from South Africa here and trust right. them to get money on the back end of it all. And so and South Africa is going down the toilet. There's that too. You yeah, know, like yeah. that poor country was, was going down the toilet at the time. They just said, we got to get out of here. Totally, totally. So that, that show is kind of significant to the Re family and yeah. as well as our company in a lot of ways because it was the We all hate New York. Like, <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. Like, it's a funny like It's a funny town, but yeah, I mean, Snowboys why we stopped doing it is Chris just got to that point. He's like, I can't stand going to New York anymore. And this was when it was back in, actually in New York at the Roosevelt Hotel. Yeah, it's a New York custom knife show in New Jersey because New York's life laws are so restrictive that mm-hmm. technically it's illegal to have Which, those knives right now the there's some serious shit going on with uh with acti and knife rights and stuff yeah do you think uh, those guys old, old dougie fresh is is uh take to the supreme court possibly yeah which is gonna be interesting using my belt to open a beer 
Hell yeah. Maybe. Only in Idaho. There we go. Nope. <laughs> we got like a lot Maybe of knives in the But apparently these can't be bottle openers, says people. <laughs> they can do whatever you want them to do. Uh, so anyways, the New York Custom Show, um, significant to us in a lot of ways. Until last year, the company hadn't attended for somewhere in the neighborhood of 15-ish years. Yeah, ish. Okay. And so we went last year uh, for the first time in, in a very long while. And it's always interesting going to a show not knowing what to expect, much like Blade Show West was for us. You just right. you show up and it's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. And yeah. I'm the sales manager. It's kind of my feel anymore. Yeah, it's kind of my gig to sort of plan what we're going to bring and kind of cater it to the show. And, it, and we're getting better and better at it. You know, this right. year at USN, I think we kind of hit it in, in, in perfect stride. That's the most show we've ever But done. it took us going to it twice before we knew kind of what they wanted the third time around. Right. And at USN. Um, yeah. This year is our second year at the New York Custom Show. Last year we did great; it was it was fine. But we've got some pretty cool plans, and and we I kind of think we have uh, a better idea this year of what. Yeah, to I'd have to admit I'm with. still kind of feeling the show out. Well, um, yeah, we still are. Yeah, but we've got some <laughs> we got some cool stuff up our sleeve, and yeah, I, I think it's gonna be fun. It was kind of crazy. We had to pull a bit of a hail mary. We had such a a great um, Blade Show West, such a great California Custom Show. Uh, the plan that I had had was to make a batch of knives that we would kind of roll to all three of these shows and. We sold too many of them at both of those shows, yeah. and uh, I literally had to kind of plead with my production crew, like, guys, I didn't think twice enough because I just didn't plan on selling this many knives. Because you have to realize, to like, have. when we come back from a show with these, especially with these big, like, quick turnarounds, like, we come uh-huh. back from California Custom, we're like, okay, we got three weeks till New York, or th- like three, three and a half, four mm-hmm. weeks. That's not enough time to build even like 40, 50, 60 knives to bring to the show like we're in that kind of because you have to understand we're in a big back order there's all you know that kind of yeah. stuff like you can't just pull knives out in addition to what we have to make every month anyways right it puts a big strain on the crew and that man they delivered so i was they, gone for that week on tour and i came back and everything i asked for was there yeah. I was like oh my gosh like awesome. later in that week i was walking around and, and somebody made the comment like yeah all the the new year custom show knives are done that's awesome like, oh yeah. my god you guys are killer well, so what we're bringing this year is going to be kind of cool. It's, you know, it's a custom knife show, and we're a production company, of course. But we're bringing, you know, I just this show is a bit more uh, lends itself a bit more to more of our ornate offerings, the wood mm-hmm. inlays, the the um, Damascus stuff, uniques, just things like that. I don't want to show up to that custom show with only plain knives, and of course, we yeah, always bring those because that's what always sells. People usually There's enter into our market. Fun. With a plain uh, Sabenza, but which is cool because um, the plain Jane's classic. Yeah. It's awesome, yeah. But the assortment this year is going to be, you know, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. But what's really exciting is kind of the special stuff we're bringing. Uh, we've been trying yeah. to kind of dip our toe in the market of uh, some of these limited run, um, kind of uh, just non-standard production things. And we started a couple of years ago at Blade Show with Pale Moon Ebony, which has right. been ever since like one of the like it seems the most favorite inlay and more sought after things uh, out there and gorgeous and uh last year we did the koa wood or no this year was koa wood yeah. at a at a blade show and and the damage steel the damage steel stuff and those the things double, people double. are just eating them up and so you know we're recognizing that um people want other things than our production stuff mm-hmm. and uh we're trying to uh just very systematically kind of dip our toe in that in that pool and i'm i think this year uh, for this show, of all the things we've brought, I'm probably the most excited about what Tim's been working on for this yeah. show, and it's kind of fun. You know, I, I'm sort of um, working on the macro planning and the, and like the quantity knives, right. and Tim in the background is uh, is kind of working on these really special edition things for most of these shows. Yeah, and, and some kind like of pushing almost filling the gaps in some ways. Yeah. You know, um, every show there's there's people that play in that different echelon. Yeah, I yeah. guess yeah. that's probably the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, 
But for us, like, like the last few shows especially, I mean, you've been the one that's kind of, I'm bringing the, the, the plain flavor What's kind so of nice stuff. I don't have to worry about like getting all the yeah, yeah. standard production offerings because they're all badass and yeah. it's just tailoring what we, what we bring, but it's People, so nice to not, not have to rope all that together. So I have the bandwidth to go make fancy things, yeah, yeah. small runs of stuff. Well, the long, you know, the, the thing of it is that we've sort of figured out that uh, people will buy our production stuff at a show. Absolutely. And they do. Yeah. But people that are coming to shows and paying money to come into these shows, you know, why would they drop their dough with us when all we have is a production staff and they're there for a, a custom knife show? And not all the shows we go to are custom knife shows, but you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's one of those things where. Um, if people are going to be paying an admission to get into a place, right. there's got to be a re- uh, like. Yeah. I mean, you should definitely pay thirty bucks Boosting to meet Ann Reed and Tim Reeve. I, I think, but yeah, but we're not that awesome. You guys are pretty awesome, but um, you know, it's we just want to bring something that's a bit extra special. And so, Maybe that's a show goer. No, should we talk yeah. about what we're going to yeah. bring? So, will this air before the show? Yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah we're going to try and get this to air before New York Custom. And we've already seen a couple of things on our fan page asking about like, oh, should I try to figure out a proxy for Friday? What right. are we bringing? Blah, blah, blah. But here's the problem with this. If we say what we're bringing, we've got to make sure we bring We've got to make sure we... So I, I was going to say a big disclaimer that this is what I'm shooting to bring. Pending no crazy weird fiasco right. on the production It's floor. amazing what can happen in four days. Yeah. So let's start with uh, things that people already have seen a little bit of. When we introduced the Impinda at uh, Blade Show this year, another thing that we brought with, were these baller Impindas. Mm-hmm. We brought five Impindas with unique graphics, and it was an interesting thing because yeah. that knife was a That's slip true. joint. We don't have a lock face to worry about, mm-hmm. and Lisa was able to do graphics on both on, yeah. sides of the uh, of the handles, yeah, as well as the clip. Yeah, we brought five of those. That's so cool. She's like, "Hey, can I like put something on the clip?" Like, uh, uh, yeah, you're Lisa. Duh. You can do whatever the here, here. You want. Here's clips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. please. Yeah. She literally took the first 10 uh, ever Kinda production clips, clips yeah. and handles. Yeah. yeah, like the first 10 that came off the machine, they were like, okay, they're good. Get them to Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's so cool. So. She knocked that out of the park with those things. So, we're so we made a total of 10 of these things for Blade Show to introduce them. But when it came down to the crunch time, we just couldn't really uh, push them all through and, and get them going. Mm-hmm. And so, we kept these other five in our in our back pocket. Um, and we just sort of always had kind of ideas for uh, you know what we're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, been so trying to get them finished up for, for the last couple of shows, but just you know, just hasn't been in the cards. Yeah, it's it's not worked out. Yeah. So one of the things we're bringing that's going to be kind of cool, special edition stuff are the uh, the remaining um, Impinda unique graphics that we made to introduce this knife at Blade Show this year. It was what we entered into our uh, American Made Knife of the Year. Right. Manufacturing Quality Award like things, yeah. and that's what uh, that was the thing that won us the American Made every year. Yep. Yeah, very cool. And so, um, one thing to mention about this, it's kind of kind of cool in a sense, is these are the very very first proto not prototype, but the very first design that we did. The, the, They're still first running. You know? The first run, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's been a f- couple of minor tweaks to this knife, and we can actually talk a little bit about this because they're actually shipping out mm-hmm. right now, and, and there's a bunch in that, hands. Have, yeah. that are in my uh, shelf right now to ship out next week that are awesome. Minor tweaks have been made since these were produced, but these are still first run Impindas. They are a Damasteel blade and spring. Mm-hmm. Um, unique graphic on both sides and are a first run product. We're bringing yeah. those with us to the show, the remainders of that. So they will be at the New York Custom Show, and that's uh, going to be a fun one. They we're are absolutely gorgeous. Three and of them or something like that? I think, yeah. Two or three? Something like that. Yeah. We've got plans for, you know, there's so many ways, ways to cut the pie, but we're bringing a couple of those. Yep. Um, not all the other five, but a couple of them. Yeah, and so those will be. And then um, 
the other thing that's actually extra special cool, yeah. I should let you talk about. So we are doing a series of five large sabenzas. Yep. Large right hand, sorry. Right hand sorry, sorry, lefties. We can't do, until we do 10, because 10% of the world is left-handed, yeah. doesn't make sense to make a lefty. If I do one so of five left-handed, then I just made 20%, which is double the, the statistics. Right. We're thinking twice here. Yeah. There's sometimes where it makes a lot of sense, and sometimes where it just, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but... Yeah, so we're bringing five large right-handed 21s with Jamro. Chad Nichols fade Damascus blades, blade in, and inlays and and then same Damascus lugs and double lugs, backspacer and lanyard bead and and lanyard pin. Dude, it's pretty cool. With a little bit different sandblast that's kind of sexy. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It's kind of fun, uh, you know. Again, we're just testing the market, seeing what we can do, seeing what you guys want. So sick. So this is, uh, in my opinion, from what I've seen of us making, um, definitely kind of the the most baller one yet. Yeah, this is this is up there. Yeah, it's funny because there's one one knife like this, one one Sabenza twenty one with Damascus inlays with a matching blade, Mm -hmm. and it floats around. The shop, yeah, yeah. It's one of the things in Tim's office. That it's badass. Weighs like a thousand pounds. It's like a, it's a freaking paperweight. Yeah, any of you guys it feels buy these so things, cool. It's like they're gonna weigh a lot, but they yeah. feel good, man. Feels yeah. like a solid tool. These are gonna be really like just very special editions, cream of the crop. And um, and the plan is to bring five. We don't know if we're gonna yeah, get all of those get through. All five. If we yeah. can't, then you know, sorry, but there will be some really cool stuff there. Um, some custom e stuff. We're not calling it custom, but. We are, you know, a production company, but this is a, you know, production custom, if you will. So, mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about these things. Something we've gonna, wanted to do for, oh, forever, two years now or something. Forever. Like you and I have worked on this freaking Damascus we've, inlay thing. We've so. tried a few times <laughs> and it just hasn't panned out. We Turns tried out. for hinders. Is that yeah. what we tried? For yeah, that? dude, we were here so late. Well, we should talk about that because that My was actually a God. rope into the New York Custom Shows in a weird roundabout sort of way. So last year was Rick Hinders uh, and Hinder Knife Companies. There's ink in there that whiskey might break apart, but I'll drink it. It's okay. Dude, it is. Is it really? They, yeah. That was all it took. Just a, just a second of it, though, but here. It's okay. I'll drink it, man. Just put it in there. <laughs> Anyways. Um, just put it in there. He's going to have purple whiskey. So we went to the Hinder, um, Hinder Knives 30-year anniversary um, event last year. Phenomenal, phenomenal time. Cheers, uh, brother. Cheers, man. To uh, real quickly to a couple very special people. Yeah. Uh, that we love dearly. That um, you know who you are. Sent this bottle to us. Yes. I love. If you guys ever want to send us bottles of fine scotches or whiskeys or tequilas, I like a tequila. Every Dude, I had some tequila again. last night. I had too much tequila last night. Um, What's funny is I was so drunk I don't remember what which one I did, but it wasn't Chamucos and it wasn't. Uh, who songs? Because I asked those, and she looked at me like I was a freaking alien. Oh, it was because of the way your face looks. <laughs> oh. I was trying to get on the bar stool at the time. Oh, it was funny. You were talking <laughs> about all the drinks you drank last night, but you didn't talk about the flask that you were pulling from the whole time. I was like, "What? Well, you're missing oh, yeah. one crucial ingredient there for your hangover." We'll get I was like, well, time. I only had one whiskey and one te- tequila. So the first time we attempted to do uh, these inlays, uh, just for kind of a special thing, was for Rick Hinder's. Thirtieth uh, anniversary, and uh, and we went out to his factory last year. Oh, so Tim cool. and Anna and myself, 
and had the the craziest, greatest time ever. We got to shoot a belt fed machine gun. Dude, 1919. Yep, rechambered in 308 by the Israelis. 308, yeah. Is that what he was saying? Yeah. yeah. A little Israeli fingerprint on there. Yeah, we could show you. I got videos of Ann Reeve shooting a Dude. machine gun and Tim and myself. And you. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. Like, there, it is such a freaking thrill yeah. to shoot one of those. And then uh, the coolest part, too, is you have. Like the the photo is just epic because uh, you know it's a lot of industry people. Like yeah. if you're into the industry, like hanging out there, you're like, oh my god, there's so many cool people around. Um, so you're sitting there shooting the gun, like laying down and prone, and there's uh, courtesy of Odo from uh, Spartan Blades helping feed and kind of direct, and mm-hmm. then there's Rick right next to you, like kind of like helping watching. direct as yeah. well. And you're like, how do I have these two badasses like helping me shoot a yeah. machine gun? Yeah. Well, it's just funny too because it's like there's something that Rick refers to as the machine gun face, and it's like when you're done shooting, you're like, uh, you're just like and so stoked. Every person, what twenty five people had, had that, that face. Yeah. And yeah. The coolest part is he. <laughs> at one point, he goes. He looks up. He goes at my mom. He goes, "Hey, Ann. You know, we're all got like head, you know, earmuffs on and stuff. He goes, "Hey, Ann. Coolest part of this is you can write all the ammo off on your taxes." Yeah. <laughs> And even though we know this, Anne still has not bought us a belt-fed machine gun. I don't know why. It was so funny. We could use a couple of those around here. He's like, who would appreciate this? Oh, hey, Anne. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so we, you know, the first attempt that we had at these uh, Damascus inlays, not the first attempt because the ones exist, was in preparation for the show. And that night, Tim and I, the night before, of course, it wasn't ready in advance, but the night before we were leaving for Wooster, Ohio, Mm. uh, Tim and I were at the shop, heat shooting these things on our own, trying to etch them, and we, we were just running into a bunch of problems. We, we quite honestly didn't think twice. We didn't give ourselves enough time to work with it. Yeah, when you're and doing it under the gun, it's just tough, man. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. We were etching these inlays. They weren't working. They were getting kind of weird blotchiness, and it was because of the way we put them in bags and the heat treat thing. It just didn't... We heat treat them here, and we don't have, like... <clears throat> the heat treat... So we send our, our knives out production knives out to a heat treater locally who's really badass it's mm-hmm. ace co mm-hmm. and uh it's consistent they just, yeah they do but it but it's a whole different job. process it's different heat treater like oven yeah. it's it's a vacuum chamber and all that kind of stuff so it's really clean and here we've got the heat treat oven that works and it's and it's a great oven but it's just not quite the uh kind of next echelon so you're just, really gonna, it was gonna a, know what you're a, there's a ton of things going on that were causing these inlays to not quite we were just like if we can just get one it's all we need right. and we just couldn't make it happen and at one point it's like two in the morning tim's like fuck it we're not whatever yeah. we're not. and i'm like I'm home. and like he's like you know we're, we're done we're not we're leaving and i'm like stop like we're gonna bring something you know yeah. and i had to like grab him by the, by the collar and be like dude go home i'll get it figured out and it's not like a sesmanager thing to do that you know but we were making yeah. cosies or something that i knew how Using to make cosies yeah we're trying and to do uh it. i was like you just you go home. You go home now. And I think it was three at that point. You sent me home at three, and you stayed till four. Beyond that, and ultimately, at the end of the day, what we ended up doing was bringing these um, Damascus blade and cosies, and they were kind of a gift for Rick Hinderer. Yeah. Um, and it was a it was a, a pretty cool event. About the first six Damascus and cosies bladed yeah. large and cosies to Ever. to Rick's. And why? So why are we bringing you know knives to Rick's? event is yeah. rick literally said to us and spartan blades because we were kind of the only two real uh many fa- or like manufacturers makers or makers yeah, coming make, yeah he's like guys i'll have a table for you like bring a couple knives to to, to sell if you want because like there'll be all sorts of people and, and turns out there were like mm. there's basically rick invited all of his like friends customers dealers yeah 
and knife makers that he's friends with in the industry to show up at his house and just celebrate that he's been doing this for 30 years. Yeah, and, and we're talking about all of this. This is last year's event. Um, right. But he did it again this year. Unfortunately, you guys were in South Africa. Yeah. It just didn't work out oh, for me. To get you out almost went year. out, yeah. It was just too, we, we waited too long to Sorry, make the Rick. call on that whole thing. We'll be there next year. Yeah. But one of the other cool things that happened uh, that ties into the New York Custom Show is that he had a shooting competition. Right. And it was basically uh, uh, Mark and and Curtis were voluntold <laughs> they were going to run the range because they are former Green Berets and, and have they experience know do running a range and have more confirmed kills than God. And um, so they were like the guys that were sort of you know qualified to kind of make sure everyone was safe. And uh, it was. A couple of uh, what were they? Ruger 1022s with scopes. Yep. With scopes, Gort, cute fifth, little guns. They're super cool. Yeah. I mean, that's like the Sebenz F 22s. The 1022, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, 50 yards out, they had two steel body shaped targets, right. two like steel lollipop targets, mm-hmm. and in the middle was a rebar post with an egg on top. Yeah. And every match was just sudden death. It was two two people shooting, and it was outside target, bang, inside bang. target, egg. Whoever got the egg first yeah. wins. Yep. So at the time, uh, I had a longer hair than I do now. Yeah. Had a hippie bun. Yep. I happened to be wearing some tight jeans at this event. Tighter jeans than usual. And uh, you know, word in the street was people were talking shit on this hippie that was going to be doing the shooting company. Like, good luck, this guy. Here we go from you Idaho. Know? Yeah. And I was asking Tim and Emmy, "Are you guys going to shoot?" They're like, "No, no, we don't want to. We're, we're good." Yeah. I was like, "I drink enough by that point. I, like, I got, I, I got, us, shouldn't be I got us covered. Like, let me do this, you know." And so uh, I go up. And Mark is like, okay, this is how this gun works. And just a little background. I'm not like Rambo or something, but like, like I both grew of up us aren't like ma- mega gun guys, but grew up in Idaho. Like yeah. every weekend when I was a kid, was out in the desert Shooting annihilating whistle pigs, dude. Just massacres. It was bad. I've <laughs> ran 500 rounds through a 22, an 11 round magazine, 22 carbine in yeah. one weekend oh, as a kid, dude. That was like a box of 500 done. All I did you know? was go out. Like once I was old enough to go out on my own and start shooting when my parents had let me, it was like, that's all I did. Right. So I'm not, I'm not shot, you but... know, I'm not, I'm not Rambo, but I'm not as hipster as I might look Freaking from shoot a gun. appearance. Right. Damn so straight. Mark's like, oh, this is good. I'm like, yeah. He's already like, works, you know? got this covered, you know, and looking down range. I go up against this guy. I don't, I don't know who he was. But it was good. Yeah, his first that round. was actually my hardest round was the first one. Yeah. God, who was, it was like He was ching, like, ching, ching, ching. And we both hit the egg at the same time. And Mark yeah. was like, I Mark and Curtis like, I, I, don't, right. I don't know. Like, uh, we have to go again. It's it's too close oh, to that's call. that's right. You did too. Yeah. So the first time I went up, I had to go again. Second time around, ching, ching, boom. And I beat this guy out. And this proceeds to happen 10 more times. There are probably 40 people shooting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when it was all said and done, <laughs> but again, everyone was like, "Well, here we go." And, and you're sitting on a freaking picnic bench, yeah. You know, was, turned sideways. It was awesome. It's great. It's a great time. <laughs> it was such a cool setup. But all you naysayers out there, don't judge a book by its cover, because Absolutely. this guy right here got fourth place out of like forty people. Right? So that last round comes down to you and Lloyd. Fucking Lloyd. Man. So Lloyd's a NYPD Harbor Patrol. Yeah, men. He had probably about this much chew in his lip. Yeah. And had badass. I love this Lloyd. Many beers Big shout him. out to Lloyd, by He's the way. Badass, dude. If he ever listens to our podcast, and I, I knew, I, so. I knew that if I missed, I would lose. You're done. And because he was a good shot, I was watching him this whole yeah. time. I was kind of scoping He's up people. Up. And yeah. I, the way that it worked out was somebody had to go twice, so I had to go twice in a row, and I beat my first person, and Lloyd right. came up. And at That's this point, right. it became like winning things territory. 
Yeah. Like if I would have got third price, I would have got a Inya, like a Inyo, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the, the Spartan Blades Inyo. Yeah, not an Inya, not a Inya. Early two thousands pop artist. An Inyo, and um, yeah, dude, yeah. I knew that if I missed, I was gonna mm. lose. And so I gave myself the extra millisecond when I got that egg in my target. Because the first two, honestly, at that range, it was kind of child's play. You if play you miss them, you shouldn't have a gun in your hands. Yeah, because you don't have to hit him center. You just, yeah, you just kind of hit make the noise. Yeah. You know? bing, bing. So I was ping, ching, ping, ching, and I was like lined up and I gave myself the extra millisecond because I was like, if I miss, the noise is going to win. And right <clears> when I was squeezing the trigger, I watched this go up, the egg explode. And I thought, fucking Lloyd shot it. Damn it. But if I'm supposed to lose, if I'm going to lose to anybody, I'm okay with losing to a person who's currently a police officer protecting and serving the country. That is a total badass police officer. Not the country, too. but the city of New York. And uh, right. super cool dude. Yeah. So here's how this ties into New York Custom. You guys right. are like, don't bore so us. What are you talking about? Here. After New York Custom last year. Because of that connection. Because of that connection, Lloyd came to the show and he says, hey guys, let's go on a tour of the harbor after uh, the show's done like we'll take you out we'll yeah. show you the harbor on yeah. the boat you know so the day after the show the monday that we set aside to go walk the city yeah they pick us up on the jersey side and we literally toured the freaking bay but here's the thing that's funny first of all we're in jersey <laughs> the the dock that we meet him at is under construction and it's there's all a gal working up. a security thing <laughs> and we're kind of sitting on this bench and it was a guy from uh emerson was it yeah yeah, yeah. uh god i i still feel so bad that i can't remember his name Good dude. Yeah, yeah, we saw him at the Blade HQ and event he gave too. Shot glass and everything. Yeah. Anyway, that's right. Yeah, him um, and his wife. Yeah, and uh, we're like kind of like walk up and meet at this pier, and he's like, "Oh, you guys here for the tour with Lloyd?" We're like, "Yeah, we are." And and uh, we're sitting there, and like everything is kind of fenced off because this whole dock is on this ripped apart uh, yeah. construction zone. And there's a gal at the security booth like, that is there to make sure people don't go to. It's one of those like dock. she's on her phone, like nothing's I mean, happening. You're guarding here. a thing that nobody does anything with, especially right. on a Sunday or a Monday. Morning. Monday morning, yeah. So, I'm imagining like a tugboat. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was going to be a what badass you, thing. or like some you know. All of a sudden, we see the way kind of walking down this construction zone, and he kind of opens up the thing, and and we all start and she, going she on goes, the dock. And she's hey, like, "Hey, who you guys, are you?" And he's can't. just, and he's like. I'm MIPD. MIP, I'm, I'm I think he like, even like flashes badge real showed quick. Showed her his shirt and she was real like, quick. And she's like, okay, you know, like yeah. so. These random ass people are going into a construction zone in a dock with this MIPD officer. And we <laughs> walk down to the boat. Turns out it's a baller boat. Mm. It is like a. I should uh, remember all the specs from that because there's. I wish I could too. It had two massive engines. The, mm. the basic concept is this: there are ferries that run from New York to New Jersey, and these ferries have like five thousand people mm. on them. Mm. And they're very concerned about terrorist attacks on this right. ferry. What happens? Technically speaking, you take a lot of people out if you yeah. got one of those things. Out dirty there. bombs, things like that. Whatever. Like if yeah. you drop a dirty bomb on a ferry, you've got a serious situation on your hands as a, a New dirty York ferry. Harbor Patrolman. Got <laughs> <laughs> a dirty ferry. Uh, yeah, and so the NYPD has two of these, and they yeah. are um, big, massive boats. Apparently, the person they were picking <laughs> we up after us was Brad Paisley. Yeah, apparently, like the only people that go on these are celebrities that aren't not police officers. That, yeah. yeah, that aren't like yeah. And so we, you know, we walked down. No, this is like the boat that uh, senators and politicians are moved on. Yeah, yeah. Like it's if like, they have to go through it's the bay, the cream of the NYPD yeah. patrol crop, basically. Insane. And uh, we get in this boat. It's like big. Uh, like heated cabin. It was a very cold day, so it was nice yeah. to have that. You can sit what like eight to ten guys like in yeah. a row in like comfortable seats, like not yeah. like a you're not like slumming. These are like right. you know, let's take a nap. They're all for like ten hours kind of like thing. hydraulic, like <clears throat> pop yeah. out type thing. And 
this particular these two boats that are like this, uh, it's bulletproof glass. Right. It is airproof. So mm-hmm. even if there's like contamination in the air, for like can, 72 hours or something, something like that, like that. Like and it can turn into a command mm-hmm. station for the NYPD. If the city and right. the stations are compromised, this boat can put out into the sea and mm-hmm. become a command and center for about, the city. So the amount of like horsepower and torque in the engines, because there's a like a main engine and a reserve. So if it goes down or something like that, yeah. um, it wasn't necessarily made for high speeds. It could get up to like 50 miles an hour. I don't know how that trans- translates to knots, but basically it was like it goes to 50 miles an hour. They don't give a damn about going 50 plus, but they're trying to get from point A to point B really fast. He yeah. said it can go from zero to 50 like you can't believe, and yeah. then tops out, you know, 50. Yeah. But you have to realize like the area that they're patrolling is is quite small. Yeah. But they're trying to get there really fast, you know. So I was still at the shooting competition, but he repays my ego, my bruised ego, with a tour of the harbor, and it's not like and what put- you would normally get. Like they take us out and they're like, there's three guys in this crew and they're like on walkie talkies lining up the back of the boat so that we get a photo op where World Trade Center 1 is right in between these two buildings so we can get this perfect photo. And the Brooklyn Bridge is right next to it. We go to the Brooklyn Bridge, we can stop under the bridge, Mm -hmm. which you're not supposed to do in a boat, but when you're in the PD boat, you can do whatever the crap you want. We stopped just, like when we stopped there, he goes, so we, you know, when when we'd stop for a photo op, we'd get out of the cabin and go on the back deck. Yeah. and take some photos. And we get out there and he goes, hey, you see those all those guys over there on the shore? Yeah. I was like, yeah. And there's a bunch of people and they're like fucking taking photos of us and stuff. We're like, what? They, they think you guys are famous. They, get, they think, they think you gotta be famous. Because yeah. only celebrities come on this boat. Yeah. And, and like, again, what? they were picking up Brad Paisley next. I was like, can I, can I stand He was boat? apparently supposed to be on our tour, but he was running late or something like that. He was on Tennessee time, man. Tennessee. <laughs> telly he was, players. He was too busy chicken picking. <laughs> I got a guitar. He's country guitar god, so yes, I'm not making fun of good. him. Brad, he's if you're listening to this, player. I'll love to be a bass player. I'll okay. buy a beer. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was really cool, and and we, the guys on the boat were so cool. And and the funniest thing about them is like, so you have like, there's such a mix of character. Yeah. So you have like the New Yorker, like all of them are like born bred hardcore New Yorkers. Forget about it. Yeah. Sorry, that was stupid. Go ahead. <laughs> One of them's like super redhead. He was oh, so ginger. funny to talk to. Yeah. Youngest guy, he kind was of. Cool. He's paid his dues, man. He was from Brooklyn, like downtown Brooklyn. He, yeah. it was, it was cool talking to him about his experience of nine eleven. Yeah, all those guys. It was insane. He said the birds stopped chirping. Yeah, and that's when he knew something was wrong. He actually didn't see the plane like that. It was, it was insane. But uh, the, the mix of like New Yorker, like authentic New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Police officer humor. Yep. And then like seamen, boatman, boat humor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, but you know, like that kind of thing. Like the three of those kind of humors made this whole, like their banter was unreal. It I've was never funny. heard. Yeah, it was the funny. shit that they said to each other. And they even popped mom like up in the co pilot seat, you know, yeah. and like had her like steer, steer for a second. And it was, and then they dropped us off on the, uh, on the New York, the side. New York yeah. side, and then we're like, oh, we're back to Peasantville, and yeah, you know. But it was just such even like getting out the boat. Everyone's man. like, who are those guys? And like, yeah, oh, we just make knives in Idaho. Don't worry about. Or like much. talking about security zones. I remember so there's the Statue of Liberty, and there's a security zone around it, and the ferries pull right up to it, and we go like tugging right through between yeah. the ferry and the statue. Oh, all these other like, ferries are like uh, these little buoys. <laughs> they can't go past that for security purposes, and we're just like, burr, burr, like plowing right through, getting yeah. right up next to it. Yeah. Like the People coolest like, what the, photos. What the heck? Yeah. It was silly, man. Yeah, it was cool. it was pretty cool to see uh, to see that kind of stuff and to experience that. And um, 
Yeah, yeah. So New York Custom Show, I mean, that's how the Rick Hinder event ties into that. All this started with us talking about Damascus inlays for what we're bringing to New York Custom this year. Yeah. But it's a kind of a funny saga because it did start last year for last Rick year. Hinder's event. Mm. And now we're finally getting these things through to fruition, except for their extra baller. Mm. And we're hoping to get all of them through for the show. But it's going to be um it's gonna be a we've got a lot of work to do next week to get these things buttoned up and ready to go. Yeah. Um so for those of you who listen to this, um you are gonna have the uh the, the fresh beat. We are bringing cool stuff. Uh tell your wife, tell your kids, tell your friends. Had your and, wife. Uh, <laughs> and uh and we are uh, I'll see what other little cool tasty things I can drum up in the in between time too, between what, Monday and when we leave on Thursday. So I got three days to yeah, I just thought of something that I'm not going to talk about on air, but I'm going to have to have one more thing from you, knife-wise. Okay. That we talked about last year. But okay, enough secrets on air. Cool. <laughs> so we'll be at New York Custom. We're bringing yeah. our mobile rig. We're going to do a podcast of some sort uh, there. We don't know with who yet, um, but it'll be fun. Are we, we got some stuff kind of lined guys? Are we going to maybe hang out with those guys a little bit? Yeah, I can't wait to hang out with them. That'd so so cool. I will give a huge shout-out. To the Knife Nuts guys. Oh, dude. I'm going to talk about a couple of podcasty, podcasty things. Knife Nuts. Knife World Kirsch. Podcast. So the Knife Nuts guys are, are awesome. Um, there's Levon. Uh, there's Dave, who is apparently the, the resident CRK fan. <laughs> yeah, I do know. Which, uh, shout out to Dave. What was it? Revis Christ or something like that? <laughs> he says Revis Christ, which pitches, pisses me off so much. It doesn't really piss me off, but it's just like, if you knew Chris and you ever said that to his face... He would punch you. In, he would just punch you in the face. He'd yeah. knock your lights out. Yeah. He just, but in the sense that he hates like people adoring him and like getting on bandits and stuff. So, so it made us laugh so hard when we first heard heard, uh, yeah. heard Dave say. That's so uh, funny. Well, you're the old Revis Christ. What are you, the chosen one or the? Oh, think you, yeah, the, what the whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, uh, we got to meet um, New York Custom Show last year. We got to meet uh, Levon mm-hmm. and uh, fuck. What's up, Brian? At um, what's the other guy? Jake, oh, Jesus Jake, Christ, yeah, Jake! I'm yeah. so sorry. Uh, we got to meet those two guys at New York Custom Show last year because they like they just kind of kind of started the podcast. Yep, and they popped. And we were booth, we were yeah. listeners, and they popped by to to meet and greet and that kind of stuff, and it was mm-hmm. it was great. So, and then Brian Nadeau, Nadeau, yeah. who is Sharp by Design, who's one of their other guys. I bought one of his knives at USN. Yeah, so he was apparently at New York Custom, and we didn't get to see him. And mm-hmm. then, like through the whole rest of this last year, I've been trying to like meet him, go see his stuff, like all that, because I've just loved like adored his knives on on Instagram and online. And uh, and then finally, we got to meet him at at USN. And uh, yeah, Matt bought a little mini typhoon, mi- yeah. micro typhoon. Yep, yep. I was corrected with the, with the carbon fiber, dude. Such cool little knife. That one's made by Riot. Yep. Yeah, quality is great yeah. price. Like. Fuck, man, he's doing some good stuff over there. So check out Brian. Check out the, the Knife Knots podcast, guys. We might be hanging out with those guys at New York Custom a little bit. I'm not yeah. sure what that looks like. Maybe we're there on oh, their we'll have podcast. Some maybe, we'll, we'll, maybe they're on ours. We'll do some stuff. Maybe we just call Brandy. Maybe we just do it all at the same time. We don't even know yet. Yeah, we're trying to figure some, some stuff out, but but definitely there will be a hotel room with a bunch of knife dudes and some booze yeah. and some microphones. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah hopefully that goes, that goes well. Um, and then I want to shout out um, this week. Uh, well, the last couple of weeks, I've been listening to the Knife Life podcast. Hashtag Knife Life. Knife Life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 
Actually, I mean, them and one more podcast that, that's knife related because right now is the what I'm dubbing as the golden era of knife podcasts. It's like everybody's everybody's doing it, everybody's well, starting podcasts it. Podcasts are rad, but this wave is just starting in the knife world. And yeah, yeah I mean, the know. knife world's always about five to six years behind yeah. on anything, which is kind of nice for all of us that are not that smart, so we can catch up on on things. But so the knife life guys, um, everyone in the knife world loves a bummer, right? Kidding. Come on, you guys. Everyone <laughs> calm down. Everyone I had just, to listen to what you said. And just, just right, put your weapons down. It's just it's a joke. So I'm trying to pull this up because uh, I don't want to get it all wrong. Knife. Knife. Podcast. So you have old Eugene Kwan. After you give him a shout out, he's a he's a good, just a, knows a lot about knives and stuff. You have um, the last episode with was with Austin, old uh, Epic Snuggle Bunny. Oh, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, getting, they called it the, uh, the uh, Epic Snuggle Cast, Epic Snuggle Podcast, or something like that. But anyway, um, by the way, I, I can say this: there, Austin will have a review of the Impeda at some point. I'm sending one of the acrylic ones out and uh, and a, a production one. He's going to check it out and do a little podcast there. We've been talking about yeah. it for a while. Yeah. But Next um, week, right? check out Epic Snuggle yeah. Bunny on YouTube. He's a great uh, knife reviewer. Um, but there's Charlie, Frank, and Mike as well and uh so there's dude i don't know it's just a great another podcast different yeah. flavor like it's yeah. different from us it's different from uh from the knife knife nuts guys and then the very last podcast that i, I do want to shout out uh in the knife world is mark of the maker that's and I you have a bunch one. of really cool guys on there so I'm, I'm hoping to be able to you know tom Krein and and a bunch of it's nice to have a little bit of uh i hope they i hope they take this the right way maturity older guy maturity brought to a podcast yeah like, you're not getting that here <laughs> like i've seen some of the yeah you're not getting it here and you definitely no. don't get it from the fucking knife nuts no. um knife in the right way knife no, you don't know. fucking knife uh knife knife life <laughs> <laughs> knife guys knife life guys are, are kind of in between so anyway we're you know we're all kind of take our own take like on, on what we're doing here but yeah. anyway but if you're into podcasts you're into knives like those are the ones to check out if there's yeah, other ones, let me know. But you know, I'm always ty typing knife into like the podcast world, uh -huh. and uh, I know there's like the gear review or something like that. There's a couple other ones that are they're kind of out there. But yeah. anyway, I, I always want to shout those those kind of things out because the reality of it is, there's room in this town for all of us. Dude, when you end an episode, like it's only so much fun to re-listen to it. So go like listen to something else. You know? Oh, totally. Like yeah. I, I'm probably one of the few repeat listeners of of the, like the Knife Nuts podcast. I've, I've definitely listened to a couple of those episodes twice yeah yeah god knows why but i'm still so the only episode that i haven't listened to all the way through is the one with aaron frederick that says like big dick big country <laughs> and i'm like you know six sevenths of the way through gotta just end the bit the rest of it but otherwise i've listened to all of the knife nut stuff six i love it <laughs> <By that laughs> <you know. laughs> but dude i i I love uh, Aaron Frederick. I got to meet him at USN as well. He's a legend in the knife industry, a total character. And if yeah. you can ever listen to that big dick, big country, because that's apparently Aaron Frederick's name, like nickname is big, big dick, big country. Why anyway. did you get that nickname? Uh, I don't know. Uh -huh. Must be okay. his knives. <laughs> so um, that's that's what I got on podcast. Yeah. So now you guys know uh, why Damascus inlays are relevant to last year's Hinder yeah. 30th year anniversary. Me being a badass shot, uh, Lloyd taking us on a tour of the New York Harbor, tying into what we're bringing to New York Custom this year, yep. 
and um, we're doing a podcast there as well. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, we'll we'll do something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what yet. But it's we're always fun. It out. It's just always fun with these uh, knife shows because like all these people meet up in one hotel. Yeah, you know, and conference room and all that kind of stuff. And I do okay. New York Custom last year for me, the bar, just the lo- the like the hotel bar was mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah, I was almost thinking it was kind of fun to just bar, post but... up down there with a couple microphones and just let the debauchery. You wouldn't be able to hear anything, dude. Tom, well, so packed. If we got the right mics, we could. All I know is Tommy's going to feed me white Russians till I barf again. Tommy, no white Russians this year. No white Russians this year. Actually, I'm down for one. <laughs> but don't don't give it to me when I'm drinking whiskey. Dude. <laughs> it just gets weird. Things curdle <laughs> so, in my guts. So Tommy from Monkey Edge, like, I don't know why we're on it, but apparently he's got this thing about getting people white Russians and we're talking about it. And then suddenly like he dis- like or he disappears. And then suddenly I look I look down like the end of the bar. And there's Tommy, like, with two white Russians and a shit-eating grin. Oh. And comes walking over. I drank, like, this much and then traded it for a Jameson with somebody. But it was fun. Like, I met a lot of people down there at the bar, had some really good conversations. Didn't I got so drunk. you get I, wasted and trade that white Russian with, was it Ryan from Arizona Custom Knives? Um, crap, the guy with the beard. Yeah. He's cool. Dude, I can't. I can't. I was worried I that you defended so him. I was like, Tim, I can't physically defeat a lot of people so you can't really go around rough one feathers dude i mean i'm ride or die but we're probably gonna die (laughs) and uh yeah that was pretty gracious uh that guy to swap out his i I feel so bad because i i cannot i'm i'm the worst with names i can remember so we came from like retail world and guitar center world and stuff i can i see guys in town and I can remember specifically like what I sold them seven years ago, like their whole rig. That guy got a. I can remember the shoes. That guy got a you know an HS Stratocaster with the you know roller you know nut, and he got this thing. All everything he bought, all the details I don't need to remember, but not his name. Yeah, that's the problem. I just yeah. I can tell you what he looks like right now. Beautiful Crap. and I beautiful have your beard. Inst- Instagram and Long I just just hit me up and I got to get back to you and. It's flat face knives on Instagram. Gardner Blacksmith, music lover, tomahawk, knife maker, blah blah blah. Lo- awesome dude. Him, he's kind of Ryan's uh, right hand dude with uh, Arizona Custom Knives. Anyways, Tim gave that guy a drink. Bought by Tommy from Monkey Edge, and so it's like you know, it's I had this white Russian. I drank out. like this much of it, and I was like, I got I got to get rid of this, or else I'm puking this all over the the bar and he did. so i pop over and i was like dude you want to, do you like white russians he's like yeah and so i just grabbed his jameson and switched and he's like hell yeah and so i drank the rest of his jameson yeah and now we're besties and apparently i forgot like my room number and i had to go back down to the, the first night the one where the, you were trying to like find where i was at and you came so to the room and the door to, was open matt goes to bed at like 10 o'clock like kind of stumbles out of like the little hotel bar like you know yeah. uh suite that or like you know like where like couches and shit are and, and he kind of hashtag lightweight like, he's like yeah. i'm getting out of here i'm going to bed he's had like two gin and tonics <laughs> <laughs> no so he goes he goes upstairs i end up getting back to the room at like 1 30 and uh, I go walking up there, and I'm walking down the, ho- the the hall. I know what floor we're on, but I, I forgot what the room number was. It's the first night. So I go walking down the hallway, and um, there's like one one door with like the door, one room with the door like six inches open. I'm like, that's Ajah. weird, whatever. So I go back down, and I go to the front desk, and I'm like, hey, this is really embarrassing, but I can't remember what room number I'm in. Like, I've got, here's my room key. You can tell me. So she's like, oh, yeah, so 113 or whatever. So I go back up, and uh, sure as shit, the room that's open 
Yeah. Is Matt passed out, fully clothed, shoes on, on his face, on the bed, just lights out. For Which at I that love, point, it's like from ten to one. I'd love to say that this is the first time that's ever happened, but that essentially happens anytime I travel anywhere for more than one day. Yeah, I will definitely fall asleep with my like all my clothes on. Mm. Um, not even alcohol related. Sometimes just straight up fatigue. Yeah. I just like oh, I'm just gonna like watch a Hefty little bit Cali. of uh, forensic it. files on HLN for a minute, and then I'm just like <sighs> like sleeping immediately. Like I don't even know how they solved that murder, but knocked I out. Hope they did, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, yeah, it happened at Cali, and I, I I laughed. I'm just glad I've never had friends that are like, if you fools, you put the shoes on when it drops off on your face. Like, uh, yeah. I would always have stuff. I just in don't face. care enough. Like I like that rule, but I just don't care enough to do it. Ah, thanks for your lack of care, because otherwise <laughs> I would always have. Horrible frat party jokes put on me all the time because I just cannot get my shoes off and get into bed. Even my wife is like, "Hey, can you not fall asleep with your clothes on?" Like, <laughs> I'd like to say yes. I can. Shoes do that. aren't allowed in bed, Matt. I don't know what you're talking about. I was asleep. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't recall the night's events to testify uh, about this particular subject. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. New York Custom. If you so, guys are out and about, please we're come super with us. We're, we're pumped about it. And we're bringing some uh, some pretty great stuff. I'm okay on that. Um, it's delicious, but I've got this Dos Takis to drink here too. And um, we have to drive somewhere eventually. Um, let me catch you guys up on my uh, my rock yeah. and roll lifestyle. I want to hear about this. <clears throat> Matt, I haven't told you anything about this Matt yet. plays in a band. Well, he plays in multiple bands, but like the one that he took off on the road with... Um, was Jeff Crosby? Yeah, Jeff Crosby. Uh, Total badass. He's a phenomenal guy. So for me, in the Boise music scene, I mean, I've played here forever. I grew up here. I've been a bass player in this in this scene for a minute. And Jeff was in a band called Equalize back in the day. Equalize was That's a right. was a jam band. And man, yeah. they shred jam. You want to talk about jam on hey, toast? Man, like Those jam. guys put some jam on toast. When I was coming up in the scene, like my band was kind of like just starting out. We'd go to these shows for Equalize, and then right. have the place packed, and just be melting faces, and just really? blasting rock and roll. Dude, Equalize was the shit back huh. in the day, dude. I remember the name, but I never. Oh, they were. Legit. I think I was too young to go. They were legit. A lot of those. Yeah, you would have been. They were legit, dude. It was like they were a thing on the scene, and it was, the Boise scene was kind of funny. There was just like this minute where like there was this jam band hippie scene. There was, and oh. then what happened was pop became legalized in Colorado. But overnight, everyone left the state. <laughs> everyone left Boise to go and like jam band jam scene was gone overnight, dude. It was really weird. Like all those guys, like, I mean, like no, directly no, correlated to that, dude. Yeah. It was literally like why the scene died. Like everyone that was into that, all the dudes that were like doing their noodle dances of the shows, went Fucking and did that in Colorado. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I liked uh, like fish, you know. I, but Christ, yeah. it's. I mean, I don't listen to fish. How much time you got? You know, I don't. Don't bore us. Get to the Tree chorus. Style, you know? Come on, man. Yeah. Never been my scene, but when I was coming up, I used to watch those guys and think like, dude, they're so legit because the shows would be packed. Mm. And there'd be beautiful women there with hairy <laughs> armpits. <laughs> I know that if I was ever at like a fish show or like any You'd have jam a good time. Show, oh, I love it. Because I like jam yeah. bands and instrumental music and, and I've played Musical a lot of prowess like, is cool. Yeah. Dude, I've had so many good jams of yeah. just like jam band style. So I, yeah. I don't dog on it too much. but It's not my bag, but I get it. I understand right. why it exists. So all this to say, when I was coming up in the scene, I thought that the band Equalize was cool, and Jeff was the guy in that band, obviously. Right. And then he, uh, you know, shifted gears and went from uh, hippie jam band to uh, like singer songwriter, and right. definitely found his stride. It's like Americana rock and roll. 
Yeah, I, I love it. People might say alt country, maybe, but it's like you know when you yeah. say alt country, people think like country, and the difference is this: like, there's pop country, mm-hmm. which is dog shit. It's like mainstream radio pop country. Mainstream radio pop right? country is dog shit. Yeah, that's what terrible. everyone knows when you hear about country. That's Luke what people Brand. are listening to is fucking country girl shake it for me, and I yeah. know that song too well. Don't worry about it. We Anyways, we'll go into that. Um, and then there's like the real country scene. Right. Which is like the true organic, like real. And there's country. a new core country scene. You have Sam Outlaw, yeah, and you have Sturgill Simpson and uh, Chris Stapleton, and those and guys like all that. are like legit OG. They're uh, not worried about like Shooter Jennings. Oh, dude, shit, yeah, exactly. All those guys are like names that you've heard, right? Jeff is not quite there yet, right? He's but, but he's, he's an up and comer. I mean, this tour I think helped a lot. Oh, dude. Dude, it was packed last night. So we went, Marissa and I went down and saw yeah. these guys last night. It was their acoustic set. And it was yeah. packed. This is the most packed I've seen the Olympic. Ever, I think. Well, actually, I mean, okay, so I've seen... Troubadours played there and sold out in like one minute. Right, so but they, they had like the tables out and like there's guys in Stetsons. And, yeah, we were know. trying to have kind of a mellow scene. And this was the homecoming run, but this is kind of like, you know, last night and then tomorrow and Saturday. Anyways, I we got go the that, opportunity yeah. to uh, open up for a band called Reckless Kelly. Now, Reckless right. Kelly. Shirt right there. Yeah, baby. Dude. Reckless Kelly, this is a family called the Bronze. The Bronze are uh, are just iconic in the country music scene, in okay. a sense. It's uh, Muzzy Braun is the father, okay. and there's four kids. And these guys, if huh. you like Google, like Braun Brothers uh, Johnny Carson, okay, when they were kids, little kids, no shit, yeah, they were like. Kind of like little kid famous. Huh. And they were had like a bit of a career as like little kids, and <laughs> it's four brothers. And these brothers, uh, as they grew to adulthood, split off into two bands. They left Idaho. They live in a place like the Stanley Chalice area, which in all of Idaho is the most beautiful part of the state. These guys are from Stanley, Idaho, and if you think of like the most picturesque scenery in Idaho, is that area. And that's Rick where these guys, did his vacation yeah, this year. Vacation. Rick there. and Lori came out. Had a ball, yeah. And Stanley. so these guys are from the heart of Idaho, and they're just you know true it's God's blue, country, real man. country guys. Don't come out here. And they're singing songs about rope and horses and this and that, and it's cool, right? So fast forward twenty years, they grow up. The two other brothers move to Austin, and they okay. start a band, Reckless Kelly. Huh. A couple of years behind them, the younger boys go out and they start making the motor cars. Now in the Austin, Texas scene, these guys became badasses, and huh. uh, Reckless Kelly is kind of you know first to the dance and. And uh, oh my god! And all this to say, for me as an Idahoan, to get a chance to first of all go into with Jeff Crosby, who I thought was you know just a cool dude when I was younger in the right. scene, and then it's like oh we're opening up for Reckless right. Kelly, like just yeah. like just compounded how awesome. And then it was. Mickey and the Motor Cars Factor because because uh, what's his name? From? Gary was there last night. Yeah, yeah last and he played show. with with. Uh, hey, we backed him up for a couple songs. It was cool. yeah, yeah. I mean that's super badass. Like the. Good incestuousness of that. Yeah, it's, it's so, so cool. cool. So they asked Jeff to come out. They do a festival every year called the Brom Brothers Reunion in Chalice, Idaho, and it is a party and a half. If you guys ever have a reason to go to that, please, by all means, go to that. But I've seen this festival a few years in a row. Last This year was my first sure year actually Chalice playing it, and we, and we opened it up. Like Jeff Crosby and the Refugees opened up the festival, and we were the first band to play on Thursday at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and there were like 3,000 people there. Like, 
this town turns into a party for a whole Jesus. weekend. And Chalice, uh, Idaho. that was kind of my first experience, kind of getting to meet the Bronze, like other than attending the show and seeing them from afar, right. hanging out with them a little bit. And then, uh, you know, fast forward, they asked Jeff to open up for them on this tour. And so um, I'm lucky to work at a place that, that my bosses like let me go live my all well, mainly because like you yeah. kick ass so hard on a daily basis it's like yeah get out of here for a week i work you a deserve lot it. i work a lot yeah. um Matt's, i took off Matt's here so often yeah i took off uh I, I flew from boise to denver i meet jeff in denver he picks me up we go to the rehearsal studio right, right. from the airport so i'm pretty like feeling rock and roll already right the reason we go to the rehearsal studio is because i'm playing <laughs> with uh, a couple of guys that i've never played with before like i, I play with the band our guitar player a couple of times here and there, but Alex, the drummer for this tour, is someone we've never played with before. Right. And so we all have to kind of get our shit together before we go open for Echoes Kelly. So right. I leave from the airport in Denver directly to the rehearsal studio. Huh. Get everything yeah. set up, take a quick taco break, which was phenomenal. Dude, you're not seeing a taco break. Come back, we rehearse as long as we can before the other guys come into the studio, and we leave the next day to start the tour. We leave from Denver, we go to Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, play a rocking show there ton of people yeah. we go from lincoln to wichita again wichita place called the cotillon makes me think of the white stripes it's like a freaking like and i've been listening 1960s like skate rink like a circle oh you because you called you me I you called me these. from there and was like dude i'm yeah. this like skate ring thing it's so cool i mean that's so cool yeah that from the since it, like james I'm like Brown, sitting outside the shop and i'm like trying to envision it like yeah. that sounds so cool i got i'll show you photos here but like I mean, James Brown played there. Like, it's sure. like the only place in which to people play, basically. And it's located behind a Peterbilt like service center yeah. in the middle of nowhere, where people turn up out of the woodworks to watch shows. <laughs> we go from Wichita to Cleveland, um, and you know, I'm sorry, Rick Kinder. I, I should have called him. I drove. I saw the sign for Wooster when we were driving Gosh. to Cleveland. I was like, that's where Rick's at, and I should have called him. Ha sorry, Rick. Hashtag sorry. And uh, <laughs> go from there to Philly. Philly is the shit. Dude, and, and then you called me as well, like the night yep. after Philly. You're like, you have no idea. That's the place. Yeah, I would. We're gonna I have would, to spend some time in Philly. So if anybody like, dude, like, it's an hour train ride from New York City. Up. We could just like instead of touring the city, just go to Philly and show you what's going on there, dude. It's a legit, the worst idea. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal city. Phenomenal show there. We go from Philly to DC, DC right. to Charlottesville, Charlottesville to Woodford, Virginia. Okay, all this to say, we toured mid-America to the East Coast and the entire time the Reckless Kelly guys are like so accommodating. They have us under their wing. Because like, you basically open for them every, every, night. Every, every night. we So open if there's a third band, they open for you. Yeah, there was only uh, one night there was a third band, but basically the whole time we like were you guys there, was us opening them. for them. Which and they're like legit. Like they've got a bus and a big trailer yeah. and we're in a van. And, uh, well, yeah. You know, we basically like the way it would work is we'd play a show. They would like... Kind of, you know, we'd hang out for a little bit, have a drink. They'd go to the bus and fall asleep, and then that bus would leave at 2 a.m., and they'd be in the next city by, by, by sunrise. Okay. We would generally just get all wasted at the Airbnb and then wake up early the next morning and, and drive go. a long way. And so just they've got to figure it out. But a lot sweat. of that, too, is like when it comes to the show mechanics of, of when you show up at the next place, mm -hmm. a lot of that is so it's like, okay, hey, um, Jeff Crosby band, like, get here at four. Mm -hmm. But how it's supposed to work, uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't always work, work like that, but. By the time you guys show up, like Reckless Kelly's backline is already up and ready to go. You guys put your shit in front of it, yeah. and go. So like those backline, the backline um, roadies, they have a crew. Yeah, they they're getting after it like earlier in the day. No, no that's a ton of work. You know, it's a ton of work. And so it makes yeah. sense for them to be out of town already, like on their way, getting there in the morning. They're setting up, 
No, it's not seven o'clock. It's a different, sh- it's no, different shift, it's right? And stuff, but yeah, but, but like from so cool. like, like eleven even, to three in the morning is a long shift for a roadie. They you had know, these things anybody. where they'd have like a hotel room, even though they didn't really need it. They'd have hotel rooms, and they would help us. They would, we were under their wing the entire time. First of oh, all, so anytime cool. I had a drink with those guys or anything, they insisted on paying for it. They would not God. let us spend any of our money. That's insane. There were nights that we didn't have hotels really figured out, but they had hotels. But because they were leaving at two in the morning, right. they were only in there to shower, so they would give us their hotel rooms so we didn't have to pay for them. Oh shit! Because it's not like we're making, we aren't making billions of dollars in this whole. You're thing. You're making enough to like cover, cover and like split to the band. We're getting and all to that. and from, you know. Right. We're not really, you know, coming out ahead on this whole thing. They're going to be able to make their nut. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so they just like took us under the wing the entire time. Here's the craziest cool. thing on this whole tour. Uh, I get to uh, the last show in Woodford, Virginia. Which oh, is Woody. about as far away from Boise, Idaho as you can get, yeah. you know, as a crow flies, yeah. right? I mean, I guess the Panhandle of Florida, people no. that are being literal, shut up. Uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> Hawaii, Alaska. Um, <clears throat> anyways, I'm playing the show. First of all, it's at a NASCAR racetrack. We put the address in. Hell yeah. We turn off the exit on the road and I see just a big NASCAR logo. And it's not like a NASCAR Man, track baby. like you'd see like the Indy. It's not like a like like the A team NASCAR track. It's some right. other lower Bush series league kind of thing. Right. But we're like driving and I'm like, this is a racetrack. I'm like, this can't be right. And yeah. I look over and I see the Reckless Kelly bus. I'm like, nah, this is it. And right. it's a it's a racetrack. It's a fucking racetrack. And uh kind of random. New building, downstairs is a venue. We get everything all set up and uh and uh we start playing the show. I'm just you know, having a good time, looking out, you know, and I see this dude in the front row and I'm like, I kind of, I think, I mean, I know that guy, whatever. Yeah. And I keep playing and I look back and I'm like, no, I know that guy from somewhere and kind of keep playing. I look back a third time and I'm like, oh my God, that's Jason Kunkler from Knife Center. Like the guy that is the buyer <laughs> for me. Knife Center to our brand. Like the for guy the that last, I deal with. like so many years. Forever. Like, tons of years. The guy that, I, that emails That's me cool. purchase orders for that He's company. He's been a Blade show more times yeah. than I have and more times than many people. Yeah. And it wasn't like I texted him and was like, hey, come to my show. Like didn't say a word about it. And uh, I put, I, like, oh my God, it's Jason. So I, I play the whole show and uh, I get off stage and I walk down there and I'm like, hey, Jason, what's what's up, man? He's like, Dude, where do I know you from? I, I, I was like, it's it's Matt from Chris Reeve Knives. Like if you had your Chris Reeve Knives shirt on, he'd be like, hey, Matt. He would have a hat. He would have known. Yeah. Uh, but like, one of those just out of context. Yeah. So, yeah. long story short, like, dude is a badass music fan. And yeah. the fact that He's he knows who Reckless man. Kelly is as a guy from Virginia is yeah. crazy. But, yeah. Um, How's that happen? Basically, he, in his younger years, sold the house, used the proceeds for that to do a road trip across the entire US. At some point, met a person that introduced him to this band. And he's liked him ever since. And when they came to his area, his neck of the woods, he was going to the show. And then I just see him there opening up for it. Really? This hat I'm wearing right here, I want to th- shout it out here. I traded a dude named Gallagher, who was a high up Special Forces Marine Corps guy. By the way, I love that hat. It's a cool hat. I traded my Ernie Ball Music Man hat that yeah, I've had forever. That thing's so good, dude. I traded him that hat, dude, which says a lot because I've had that hat on my head for 10 years. Forever. I traded it to him. And he is a dude who apparently has to live within 90 miles of the Pentagon because whatever he does, like he has to be close enough to drive there, get briefed, and then go out and do his mission. And uh, it was phenomenal. Like it was the craziest time. I'll just keep talking. Tim's being, I'm talking. Um, But yeah, to be able to go out on the road and to have this experience and have those guys just kind of take care of us was 
humbling to say the least. For me as a guy from Boise, Idaho, not only get to play with Jeff Crosby, who I already looked up to, but then to open up for Reckless Kelly, who in the Idaho boys world are like, you know, music gods in a certain sense, uh, was nothing short of a, of probably one of the best like 12 days of my life. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's cool to have a place that, uh, that supports that. You know, I, I work here full time. This is my day gig, uh, but a, music is my passion. And to have a, a company and, a, and ownership that like lets me do that is, is pretty cool. So uh, that's probably the end of this rant. We probably should tie this up, this podcast up. Uh, you guys have listened to us mumble for way too long at this point in time. Um, but if you guys haven't ever checked uh, Reckless Kelly out, do it. If you're at all interested in phenomenal songwriting uh, and country music that is not about jacked up trucks and your dog leaving you or whatever people write about on mainstream country, you have to check out Reckless Kelly. And then by extension, uh, Jeff Crosby. He's an awesome dude, awesome songwriter, and uh, is a guy that I'm stoked to be associated with in any way, shape, or form. And uh, please check him out. Spotify has all of it, and you can uh, you can hear everything there. And then we're doing a couple of shows at Boise. So <laughs> so we leave Virginia, Woodford, Virginia. We drive from Woodford to Renoke after the show, uh, which was about a four-hour haul. And then we go from... Uh, we stay at this hotel that I'm pretty sure was the closest thing to a haunted place I've ever stayed at. I walk in the room. I'm telling the story about we left Woodford, Virginia. Uh, that night we went to Roanoke. We had to drive away because there was a, some kind of football game. And it was uh, it was like all the hotels were like 300 bucks. We're like, we're not paying that. Oh, that's right. You're telling me about that. Yeah. So we drive from Woodford to Roanoke. And um, Roanoke. I slept at a hotel for about four hours, but this hotel, okay, there's a clock. Right. And hours. It's haunted as shit, right? It's ticking. It's like what? you're looking at the clock and it's like 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Eight, so nine, you 10, walked 11, into the 12, hotel room 12, 12, and it's doing that? It's doing that. What? All of a sudden, water turns on in the bathroom, like the tub turns on. And Ben was like, dude, I think this place is haunted. And I was like, dude, we got four hours of sleep. I don't care. So we turn around the <laughs> we turn the clock around so we're not looking like, at that. Nobody calls the front desk. Shut the door in the bathroom so I don't have to hear that anymore. <laughs> and dude, the people that were there when we woke up four hours later in the morning were straight out of like poltergeist, dude. I, I don't know what was going on, but something was weird there. We were just too tired to care. So we wake Matt up, like laying probably face face down on a lazy boy, like likely fully clothed. <laughs> fully yeah, clothed. I don't, I don't remember if I got And there's just like night. a poltergeist screaming in his ear. Just reeking in my He's ear. Like, yeah, I'm like, I got four hours of sleep. I'm going back to the van. Yep. So we woke up and we had to get from Roanoke to <laughs> Nashville. Roanoke, dude. Uh, that day. Somebody so, from Roanoke, so please I tell could, us. So I could catch the flight back to Boise. This is Sunday. Mm. I can catch the flight back to Boise. So I drive eight or nine hours in a little metal tube with wheels on it and then we arrive in nashville get to the airport like literally get out of the van we all thought you were airport. coming back on monday i surprised you guys i yeah, did full of surprises so like i rolled in monday and it was and he walks in my office and i was like what are you doing here beat you there dude i was here earlier. you actually did beat me to work super early i was tired as hell but yeah getting a, a moving chair with wheels to a moving chair with wings uh, and then I literally fly like all night long, get to home at like one in the morning, stinking the high hell. Dude. I took a shot. My wife was like, can you please just shower exactly. before you get into bed? Not, I was like, you're not getting in this bed. That's fair. That was I, I get that. Yeah. And, uh, and that is uh, this week. Now here I am back at, back at work. And we're playing shows. Uh, we did put a show last night 
and then we're doing a show tomorrow and the next night. And if any of you guys are in Boise, no one is. Come to the show. But dude, the, I'm actually really like. So after last night, Marissa and I went out and saw you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys just killed it. It was such a cool night. That's cool because it was like kind of we tame. About. Like it was really. It was tame, but like it was so, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, w- while we're standing there, because you guys said, yeah, you're you're playing. What you said Friday, Friday, yep, and Saturday, Friday at the Ranch Club, Saturday at the Norlux. Yeah. And so if if anybody's been to Boise into the Ranch Club, which is probably nobody, that place is legit. Weird place, like it's cool. Legit. Weird place, and Bye. then and I'm like, we're super stoked to go there because like Marissa and I have never been there or haven't been there in ages, and then um, like the Neuroluxes are probably all of our kind of home bar. Yeah, yeah. Like that's where all the bartenders the know us. Spot like, in town, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good spot. So we're both like, damn, wish we, wish we could do that, but we're gonna be up up out of town uh, this weekend. Jesus, man, you put some chunks on this blind. Yeah, I'll tell you all about that. I was testing it out. Turns out, I love it. I was testing it on was harder than that plane. I'm gonna have to get those guys to fix it for me. All right. At this point, yeah. we've covered an hour and a half ish. Uh, really? Yeah. People have heard about my oh, rock crap. and roll lifestyle and tour. Mm. I would tell a bunch of stories about how debaucherous that got, but I do like where I work, and I'll just leave those things. What happens in the road stays in the road. Yeah. No, I mean like a bunch thanks for the hat, Gallagher. Hashtag yeah. thank you. We have to get that guy a knife though, for real. Totally. I'll have to ask Mark and Curtis about this guy. My brother said that he might be what's called Marsock. I'm not sure what's going on with this whole thing. But dude had a rockin' beard, first of all. His I definitely have Gallagher. a... It's his nickname. Okay. We got to ask the guy from Versabilt because he was a Marine. Was he? I deployed early in the... Word, I digress. Uh, <laughs> this guy's job basically is that he has to stay within 90 miles of the Pentagon at any given time. And apparently he has one person of an eight-man team and there are two of these eight-man teams in the marine corps hmm. they're the most elite of the elite of the marine corps basically he has to stay within 90 miles of the pentagon because he gets called in gets a brief hmm. goes and does whatever he's supposed to do wherever he's supposed to do it and comes back and that's what he does and i Jesus. forget what he was talking about specifically but he was the 67th marine into it might have been into this first push, this the pushing of this war. I, I forget right. what battle it was. I, I'm bad with these kind of details, but like uh, of those 67 Marines, like only 13 of them are still oh, around. Oh shit! And so, dude is like hardcore, tried and true, badass. And it was the sweetest, nicest guy. Like all of these guys are, like Mark and Curtis. Like these guys that just are so nice and cool, and somehow can kind of cope and deal with that whole thing. But when you have the. It's funny how you when you have those kind of A type. Personalities yeah. and those kind of people—they're yeah. so down to earth and so like, that guy was awesome. Normal, yeah. In so many ways, it's it's, it's crazy. And he insisted on trading me hats, and I, I took him up on it. I was like, if this guy wants to trade me a hat, I'll trade him a hat. So now <laughs> this is my new EDC wear, and it says freedom. That thing's sweet, dude. With an eagle. And that's like that's a it's a brand of some sort. People no, that, know about it. Yeah, yeah. It's Castle. Uh, it's the Castle. Gordon? Gorn Bros? Gorn Bros? Yeah, Gorn Bros. Dude, yeah. They make great hats. Totally. Yeah. And he yeah. insisted. He's like, what's your hat? And I was like, oh, it's Ernie Ball. It's the bass brand that I've been playing tonight. And he's like, oh, I'll trade you. And I was like, that's great. Okay. I wonder where he got that hat from someone. I don't know. It was funny. If he's that's like, a shtick, you know? He was like, oh, it's good. I just I just wash it because I was working out. And this guy, <laughs> of course, he's like shredded. Yeah. Like I'm not, you know? Like, like I'll, I'll take your workout sweat because it might help No, me. he's like, I just washed it. Just, just, <laughs> I just worked out in it and got a lot of sweat and just washed it. And I was like, well, I'm getting the better of the steel because that hat that you're trading me for. Dude. 
has never been washed. Freedom! And it's got just 10 years of my head sweat in there. So enjoy that, Gallagher. Yeah, dude. That Ernie Ball hat was sweet, but I have to say this little Freedom hat is awesome. Yeah. So Matt's awesome because you like trucker hats. I love trucker hats. You're the only person that I know that genuinely loves a trucker hat and looks good in them. This the is the one. Like this cut. This dude, style that cut hat, right there is we didn't make shoot knives hats like this. Yeah. But this is the one. Like whatever this is, let's call Gorin Bros or whatever and have them hook it up. My whole point in telling this whole story <laughs> is that we have to get Gallagher a knife. Yeah. And he knew who we are. Like right away. He's like, what yeah. do you do? Is it Gallagher? He's like, what? He's like, it was yeah. kind of cool. He was stuck. It's funny when you have those moments. Sorry, that's my time for bed alarm. 8 30? 8 30, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my new life. I wear Carhartt and go to bed at 8 30. And you're still not Basically, on time. <laughs> yep. Uh, I uh, think that uh, Gallagher needs a uh, Moons on Tonto and a fixed blade of some sort. We'll get that guy sorted Let's out. Put that in the marketing budget. I got his text. I haven't replied to his text because I'm bad at all form of communication. We're so bad. And he could totally destroy me. He probably knows where I'm at right now. But yeah. uh, anyways, I uh, need to make an Instagram to link up with that guy. But you're gonna be the first guy that I follow. When I make an Instagram that I won't use, I was supposed so, to do it on the road, and I just couldn't bring myself. I'm making to a Instagram do it. tonight. I was drunk. I was drunk when I said that. I'll show you that I actually downloaded the app. It's there. Oh my god! Just haven't made the account. See, and with that, we probably should drop this mother. So with that, in about three or four weeks, follow at the Fat Mabby with the PH. Fat with a pH, yeah, or something like that, um, and all the you know all that fancy stuff. I've got mine is just Tim Reeve at uh, Instagram, um, and then all of y'all uh, think twice, cut once podcast at Gmail. Hit if you up. start typing that stuff into like every <clears throat> podcast type app, uh, place, YouTube, Google, that kind of stuff, you should be able to find us. But but like it's called the Think Twice Cut Once podcast. Um, You'll find us. It's thinktwicecutonce.com. Yeah. So well, that's cool. We're super okay. Shiao. Trying to keep our website like Wait, didn't pretty you simple. This thing, uh, like, stuff up. What's in your pocket today, Tim? Oh, yeah. All right. This might send us down a tangent. Uh, I have a, a crosshatch. I have kind of a funny bastard child of a, of a Sebenza 21 that I've, I've loved recently. So this is a knife. It's a 2011 B2011 Sebenza. That was my dad's. I found it in a box, like I find all of his knives. Um, found it in a box, like a cardboard box, like th- you know, just tossed just aside. Corner, yeah. Uh, that he carried for a while, put his own edge on and all that. It was an S30V blade. It has like little tiny stripes on the back, back uh, the stop pin sleeve and that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, when I got it, it had a carbon fiber front face on it, which I still have, and I I love it. So that was my car- like carbon fiber front face carry. I I never really had one of those. God, what a cool option. Ah, so lightweight. The, yeah, yeah, super lightweight. So I put one of these um this this front face is the is one of the first prototype uh PVD coated cross hatches when we were testing that out. Yep. So the patterns like ever so slightly shifted, all that kind of stuff. Finally got it on there. And then uh just today, Bill Hyde dropped off this little backspacer assembly type thing that's really cool. And uh we'll see what's going on with that. But um, yeah, this is my little bastard travel of bad ideas. Um, the other bad idea that I've got on this is um, 
This is a 20 CV blade. Uh, there goes Pandora's box. Dude. There goes Pandora's you box. You're going to get go from 1,000 emails to 1,500. I'm going to forward them to you to reply to like, you. Don't say that, don't say that. Don't yeah, say that. I was kind of basically saying that in my head. Please. So I've got this 20 CV blade on here. We made eight of them in the large 21. We're testing them out. All we have here is, why don't you guys use a better boots? Use M390, use 20 CV, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, so I've got two things to say on that. One, okay, that's fair, because there's a lot of other companies that are making 20 CV and M390 and stuff. Let me first set the record straight that 20 CV and M390 are basically the exact same blade steel. One's made by Bowler and one is made by Crucible. America. America. Yep. Um, if we're ever going to use a blade steel, it's going to be from Crucible because that's who we work with and we buy American steel. Um, I don't like this blade steel. I will tell you that. It is an incredible blade steel. It is extremely wear resistant. It's very tough. It's absolutely tough. Um, the history of 20CV is that it was originally made by Latrobe and then sold to Crucible. Uh, it was originally invented in 2006. It was made for injection molding dyes that needed high levels of corrosion and wear resistance. So that is why the chromium, the carbon, and well, basically the chromium and the carbon is, is super boosted. They dropped the niobium uh, from S35 and uh, added like a, a titch of, of tungsten. <clears throat> And uh, drop the molly as well. So it's basically everything that they did with with the chemical makeup in comparison to like S30 or S35 or even uh, CPM 154CM is they made it more brittle. Yeah. Which is awesome. So you have higher uh, uh, corrosion resistance. You have a slightly higher carbon content. So you could, you know, the, the, the wicked edge kind of like cutting, making, honing it to a, a really sharp edge is where you're going to get your carbon or what the carbon's going to do for you. It's, it's like a titch over. I don't know if it really makes a difference. The, the chromium, yeah, it's ever so slightly more carbon uh, uh, corrosion resistant. Um, but there's no flexibility in the blade. That's the problem with 20CV and M390. I'm going to say it now. Like this is, my, this is my shtick or this is my what I've gathered. There's no flexibility in the blade. And so you're more likely to chip out the edge than roll the edge. You're more likely to break the tip than bend the tip. Those kind of things. Now, that's all very well when you open letters or you cut tape or you know just slice some cardboard and stuff like that. Like the wear resistance is amazing. Like that edge doesn't break down nearly as well. Now, the micro fine edge that's like the hair popping sharp. I found that that came off within a, like a few days of just cutting very simple things. I wasn't cutting anything like super super heavy. Cutting the cheese, eh? Towels, cheese, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. Cool. That hair popping sharp. Uh, edge basically crumbled off within a few days. Now the other ninety percent of the blade of of the edge has been wicked sharp, or like really nice and sharp. It cuts other things really well. It's it's holding that edge really well. Um, it's wear resistant. Like that is what it's made for is wear resistance. Now in the belly where I've used it the most, it's mm -hmm. it's kind of just crumbled away, and there's yeah. big chips in it, yep. and that's what I kind of anticipated now i'm yet to uh to put some heavy use into it some really like prying some really like you know fuck it up type use um this weekend i'm going up to up up into the woods up in the prairie and so i'm going to be using it specifically on some of those kind of 
almost destruction test. Like I want to know how far it takes a, a Sebenza 21 bl blade, like C 20 CV blade tip to go before it breaks, that kind of stuff. So um, basically I've got eight of these blades. I've divvied them out this week to a bunch of the guys in the shop that I, that, that carry knives, that sharpen their knives, that use their knives, that no blade steel, that, you know, the guys in the shop that, that have that and have yeah, also have they're qualified. They're qualified. And so it'll be cool to get the feedback. I mean, I'm no closer to, to uh, okay, maybe I'm 1% out of 100 closer to making that uh, a, an offering at Chris Knives. But it's just not something that, I need that flexibility. For me, I, I want that flexibility in the blade. And that's where that, that S35 and the, the niobium content gives you that that flexibility. So well, let's not forget too that you know Chris sharpening. was so involved in the development of S30 and S35 yeah, and, and so and like there's a lot of, of that. A thing that we're proud of, you know. But one thing I want to get off the table is like we get beat up a lot. This <laughs> kind of leads me to my next point, but we're not stuck on S35 and S30V just because we're we're in par a part of the development of it. Like whatever's best and next, like we're into, and we want to be a part of. But this is what leads me to that next second point: is I have yet to get a kind and considerate email or ask to go to twenty CV or M three ninety. It's always like, "What do you think for the price you'd be using?" <laughs> you know, like you'd be that. using that, or like, would, would you just drop off your your high horse and like switch to a relevant blade steel, or get into super steels, or like this like really shitty angled like commentary and and asks. So yeah, some of that digs into it. It's like fuck vinegar. you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just putting that out there as a little bit of a challenge to the to the knife world of like. You want to make her to change steels? Don't be a dick. Yeah, maybe ask. Uh, maybe ask me why them. I use what I have. So the other thing too is I'm not going to explain that all in a sub comment on Instagram. No, no not at all. Not it's too complex. It's, there's like we haven't even touched. We've barely scratched the surface of metallurgy in this in this conversation right here. So yeah, I might be on a little bit on you a sub moment, but that's I have near to say custom. We should be talking to uh, to Bob and Frank. We should make that happen. Absolutely, that'd be perfect because that'd be the end all be all. Well, I think uh, Bob Shabala is coming down. That's what I'm saying. If you don't want to listen to us talk about it, and you don't, and you don't, and you don't think that we're like like that's the thing. Why don't we just go to the top? Why don't we go to the guy who's the CEO of Crucible Metal? I'm not a I'm not a metallurgist. I'm yeah. I've I've I don't have as nearly as much kind of metallurgy. Uh, background is my my old man or bill harsey or a lot of these guys in the industry or bob skibitsky of metal yeah. of, of crucible steel yeah. or uh, uh bob shabala who's the owner of niagara who's their di you know, crucible's distributor um <clears throat> but the thing that i have done is i have sat at board meetings with crucible at crucible where jim the president and biggest metallurgist nerd and the rest of the crucible dudes have been at the table and we've talked blade steel. We've talked about steel specifically for us, for the knife industry and the pros and cons and what it'll do for us. Um, when I first asked Niagara about switching to 20 CV uh, with our knives and what you know what that's all about, there was like the kind of the flippant response was like, well, if you want to have your blades come back broken, like switch to 20 CV, you know? Now, obviously like that's not that kind of, Metric isn't, it's isn't just the application, but, though. Yeah, but it's yeah. like basically that's it. Like it does not have the flexibility, and so if you use your knife for a, a an envelope opener or a letter letter opener, like that's fine. You'll never sharpen it in your life, and and that's fine. But the fact is, our our knives are used throughout the world 
in many different places, many, many different places for many applications, and that bite still just won't work. So anyway, that's my little spiel. That's what's in Tim's pocket. Uh, I've got this 20 CV blade that, I, it's not that I hate it, but Let's we'll go cool. take it out this great weekend and put it through its paces. It works know. great, but it's just not worth it for us to switch gears to S from S35 to 20 CV. Now, with that being said, I'm going to leave it at this. We're working on something else. Yeah. So, yeah. Take that. Yeah. Well, for us, I mean, you know, to, to button it up, I mean, the th there's th kind of three pillars for us, right? Corrosion resistance, edge retention, and strength. Yep. And then, and, like, there's this new pillar that's the flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And those those three things, three and a half things, are, are equally important to us. And uh, until something comes along that raises the bar on all three of those fronts, mm -hmm. we aren't really interested in flavor of the week things. Yep. And that's it. That is kind of the funny thing. Well, you'd think that you'd be using something paper different, but we don't really claim this, and I probably shouldn't even say this, but Chris helped develop S30V. Before yeah. S30V was in the market, there wasn't a steel that was specific to being used for a knife. Yeah, it was cutlery industry. General, general tool and die making steels were used, right? Yeah, high speed steels. So S30V was brought to market because Chris uh, was not interested in an exclusive for just our brand, but no. was interested in a better steel for the entire industry. And Crucible and Niagara had been approached by many makers wanting a uh, an edge, pun intended, right. uh, on the market by having a thing just for their brand. Right. When Chris approached them, his whole thing was, I don't want it for me, I want it for everybody. And no, they were like... Specifically called okay. Harsey. Yeah, game on, you know. And said, we will not hide any any of the knowledge or information that we we gather in the the testing and the, and the development of this, mm -hmm. we will not hide any of this uh, to the industry. So S30V started so it. So cool. S35VN is what we use currently. It was the tweak. Yeah. Basically, it was it was the search of a little bit more flexibility. So let me just don't answer this question. I'm not asking this for the answer. But did Chris Reeve sort of invent the super steels, or help develop what became the super steels? Yeah, I'd say helped not instrumental. And so what's funny about this is both like S thirty and S thirty five were pre made concoctions sitting on the shelf. Yeah, we didn't start. Uh, and by sitting on the shelf, it's like a, a weird yeah. way to put it, but it's like the best way to put it. That's kind of how Crucible was there. Like, yeah, just in the corner it. of the R and D department. Like they'd done it before, but yeah. um, while testing with with Chris and, and look, there's a handful of other guys that were involved. Like oh. Hin Rick Hinder was involved. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Tony Marfione at Microtech. Yep. Um, Phil Wilson. Oh, yeah. uh, 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 Harsey. And a handful of other guys. If you if you look into it, there's, there's actually a great uh, I, uh, a phone app called uh, shit. What is this called? It's Knife Steel Chart. Get it? There's a lot of information in there. It was actually uh, suggested to me by one of the, one of the guys, old Frankie Baby from uh, from Niagara. Oh yeah. Um, and if he vets it out, then then you know it's it it's got to be worth its weight in gold. Uh, and it explains the gist of all these different blade steels, but in there. Under S30 and S35, it lists basically all the people that, that were involved in the development. But I know my old man and, and Harsey were up there of, of, of direct feedback with Crucible and Niagara. Yeah. And uh, basically, you know, we took, we went switched from BG42 to S30, S30V. And, you know, he really liked it for all the properties. The only thing that it didn't really do well was polish. But at the time, we were getting out of that like high mirror polished blades. We were trying to get into these production things, get out the door. He had a baby to support, you know, like all that child to support by that time. Blah blah blah. And uh, and then the tweak on that was S thirty five to get a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more um, 
Yeah, the, the edge will roll before it ships, basically. Now, there's a lot of guys that really like S30V because it has four points of vanadium as opposed to three. Um, but it's a balance. Yeah. And if we yeah. want to get, like, maybe another podcast, we get into the actual chemical makeup and, and I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll explain to you exactly chemical makeup wise why I like S35 over S30V over 20CV over CPM 154CM. And actually, <clears throat> I like CPM 154CM as my next second runner-up from 20, uh, S35M. Oh, what am I carrying, you ask? I've got this knife. Hey, Matt, what are you carrying? It's uh, it's basically your knife. <laughs> this is just uh, one of the, uh, the the carbon fiber. This is this is like case, that's a one of one. It's a one of one. It's Tim's knife. I'm, I'm rocking it right now. It's this thing right knife, here. dude. So it's copper it's it's shredded carbon fiber with copper dust put into it like into the resin or something like that which is a remnant that we got amazing. from the koenig shop Thank shout you. out to bill, bill koenig yeah. uh if i can if, if i can say anybody's making really kick-ass knives that are cooler than ours it's the koenig shop Absolutely. bill and krista and the yeah. crew there hit them up they're awesome and it's a uh, a tanto with a swedge. It's yep. a little custom, a little unobtainium here so that was the blade that i had thrown in my inkosi when we went out to Blade Show. Vegas. Blade Show. Blade Show? Oh, this one? Cool. No, we didn't have it at Blade Show. Vegas. Well, this would have been USN. Yeah, it was U- USN because yeah. we didn't have the Tonto at Blade, at Blade Show. In any case, it's just, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm loving it. Yeah. Not really a Tonto guy, but. I'm not really either. I kind of get it now. But I've been carrying it for a couple of weeks. That's what I did. And I kind of get it. I'm like, I was like, okay. okay. Yeah, I get I it. Get it you know. is cool. I like the swedge on it. Um, We don't do the swedge production wise, like as, as a standard offering. Um, I love swedges on stuff. They just look so sexy. Adds another angle. So, kind of cool. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's definitely a uh, a cool, a cool, cool knife. Get that sweet bee blast. Yeah, Koenig bee blast. Again, yeah, it's kind of fun. Like you know, helping each other out like that. It's a pretty cool thing. But I, uh, yeah. I love Bill, man. He's become such a good friend, and and just Padre in the in the Boise knife world. Um, I swear I drop by his his shop at least once a week and and vice versa. Yeah. You know, we help each other out on so many different things, you know, fixturing to tumbling to sandblast. I don't know, just all sorts of random crap. Like we're always talking knives or yeah. just good people and he's a real dude. Yeah. He's a very cool guy. Love Bill. Yep. Uh and uh yeah, I uh, won't rant right about there. uh the, the boy steel on this. It's a thirty five VN. Love it. It's what we use and it's gonna be good. Uh but let's uh, let's sign off at an hour. Should we wrap this baby up? Just an hour and a half. All of a sudden, more than that. Um, I guys, hope we brought some quality content. Sorry for wasting this much of your Got time. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, let's uh, let's cut out of here. <laughs> we I'm got dogs more to feed after and this. wives to kiss and stuff. Oh, this is hot. What's going on with this? I don't know. Is isn't leaning on the laptop? It is warm. Jeebus. On D rocket shooting off. Jeebus. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're gonna come at you next time around with a uh, on location thing from the New York Custom Show. Yeah. TBD, who we're gonna talk to, uh, but we hope to see you guys there. TBA. To be announced. And determined first, then announced. TBD, TBD, TBA. We have to figure it out. Uh, and uh, stoked. You guys are awesome. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks and, for tuning uh, in. We'll talk to you next week sometime. And if you want some more quality content, let us know what we should talk about. Dude, this is still going, and that's still going. We thought twice on this one. (laughs) Hopefully we cut once. Thank you, guys. All right, peace.